we do a lot of strict uh, testing and um, just criteria and stuff on who can donate. Um, like with the umbilical cord stem cells, for example, uh, like the products that we use, our company um, is the Dr. Ian White's company. It, we we don't um, we actually don't accept um, if they've been vaccinated right now. We still don't accept uh, like the donors. Whoa! Is there a reason that you don't take from vaccinated people? There is some research suggesting that you can trigger what's called a spike protein in the stem cells. Um, and that spike protein may trigger oh. other sort of immune response in the body and cause inflammation and potentially make things like cause things to get worse. Um, it, it, there's some data on it, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent clear, uh, but given that there might be a potential risk, we are only taking at least our products um, are just from unvaccinated women and um, donors. What the fourth industrial revolution will lead to is a fusion of our physical, our digital, and our biological identities. Wall Street and biotechnology companies have been very excited about this idea. And what essentially it is, is trying to hack the cells in the body in order to make them into drug factories. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Monday, August 28th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. Man, I've got a great show planned for you today. I've got a lot of exciting things going on today in general, right out of the gate. Tonight at 6 p.m. Central Time, I will be joining Pasta and Jimmy on The Jimmy Dore Show. So make sure you tune into that after this show. So it'll be, I'm not sure what we're going to get into, but I'm sure it'll be entertaining. So make sure you come over because we'll be talking about a lot of important stuff. But tonight, in general, before we get there, we'll see if I can make this a three-hour show. Probably not. But the point is just so many important topics that kind of converge in this one story today. That really, some as I, there's a reason I wanted to play that clip yet again. Those that have been watching this. The, I mean, the last American vagabond in general, but or the daily wrap up in general, but just a lot of the coverage around COVID-19, that clip has been circulating. We've played it quite a lot. The idea of turning your body into a drug factory. It's a very important part of this conversation that has always been there, but I've only, it's always been relevant. It's always been materializing with the things that we've been seeing. But today, in a combination of things from what uh, Destiny Resendez was recently talking about that we recently interviewed her about, as well as something Jakey Lee's just put out that she just found, it's really kind of completing this for me in a very alarming way. I mean, there's a lot of ways you could look at this. I mean, obviously, the most blunt kind of on the surface point of it would be in, in the drug side of it being, well, we're going to create your, the, your body will be producing the drugs that we decide you need. And then, of course, you could ask whether that's something you trigger yourself or that they trigger from somewhere outside of your body. Both of those things are very real and in the process of being done. So for those that are acting like that itself is conspiracy. But then you could ask, you know, further than that, is it, is it something that can then be spread to somebody else in the sense that maybe we all need some kind of medication? Like that's one way to look at this. And those things are being researched. But then there's the weapons side of this, which I think is really important. And it, it overlaps. It's the same thing we talk about, the dual use technology. So if you're triggering something in your body that could be 
producing something that could spread and help other people as they want it to be presented. It could also be used to create something that would hurt other people from your body, understand, or even just, again, bringing it back to a very simple concept, just that you could be a, you know, kind of Petri dish carrier for any kind of pathogens that they could use through your body. Again, this is not something that should be dismissed as me. This is a real researched military direct department of defense direction of research, as well as the medical side of this very real. Now, is that what's happening today? That's completely up for debate. I, I would argue that there's not definitive proof that that's literally what's happening. Maybe it's a byproduct, but either way, even that would probably be disputed by plot and rightly so. But the bottom line is this stuff is in the works. And so I'm going to go over what that really means and why this is so concerning. And it really does overlap with the kind of medical countermeasure from, you know, Sasha Latipova, Destiny Resendez, a lot of the research showing you that this is not just some medical response to a problem, but a carefully planned, outlined, executed military Department of Defense agenda. Now, that doesn't mean it, it fails to overlap with the medical side of things, with the NIHs and NIAIDs and the, you know, the government, the HHSs of the world, but it very clearly originated and is continuing through as a medical, military-minded agenda, which, as always, means it's dual purpose. There's no way around that. Now, aside from that, we're going to get into a lot of other stuff as well, some important updates of, to, in Maui. Some, to start off right out of the gate, we're going to talk about a, a kind of a health-focused point that I think is really important. Just about how, like I titled it, manufacturing illness, and that applies to pretty much everything we're going to talk about today. But also, if we have time, we're going to get into a section on masks and a general section just about where it's going again with COVID-19. And, you know, it's all coming back. Everyone loves to be the one out there going, I predict it's going to. We all see it, guys. (laughs) Everybody sees what's happening. I just think it's funny how there's people out there that will kind of put out predictions that are just like. Is mo- it's like, yep, yep, everybody always, it's, it's, it's like saying, for instance, that mask mandates are coming back and acting like you have an inside word on that. It's already been very clear that was always going to happen, as well as the fact that it was already clear that it was beginning to happen when certain people were like, I have an inside word. It's always how this goes. But the point is that it's all very real. And we can see the mask mandates coming back. We can see the lockdowns, the, the school closures. It, it's really just alarming as hell. But let's get into, oh, well, first of all, just this, this, so we'll get back into that clip I played to start. That's a that's a clip from uh, Mikhaila Peterson's uh, interview with Dr. Adil Khan, which that clip itself is circulating everywhere with no citation to her or him, which is the way it works today on social media. But it's an important clip. And the, the whole video, in fact, you should watch is an hour long, but just that one part of it where you're hearing from him directly that they, they will refuse to take stem cells from vaccinated people, specifically COVID vaccinated, because there's an issue with the spike protein. That shouldn't shock people. It's very easily proven. The crazy part about it is, is they pretend like that's not real. Red Cross continues to not separate the blood, even at least if they tell us anyway. They're lying to you. And it's even worse. They all know that they're lying to you. Think about how crazy that really is. The implications for that. But it's happening in every medical, every field. They're very aware of the risk there. I thought I think that was very interesting. So we're going to get back to that in the COVID section of this today. We're going to start with the health point that I wanted to make that I do think is very important. Now, this was shared by Brittany Page. This is just wanted to give her a shout out because this is where I saw it. And it says, the United States has enough money and end, to end homelessness. And, and D.C. is the nation's capital. At the end of the day, they just don't have the political will. And, of course, this is the Washington Post. I would argue using these things to bet or rather the, you know, whoever the strings are pulling the Washington Post. This, is, in my opinion, is not about going, we should help all these people. It's about 
recognizing a way to benefit themselves using the suffering of these people. If ever these people in power wanted to end these things, this is the point of the article, which I do agree with. They've always had that power. So here is the article itself. The Wayback Machine, of course, because otherwise you have to pay because they're a failing platform. The Washington Post. D.C. fails to house 98% of homeless young adults. Well, first of all, as I've always pointed out, I'm in no way suggesting that it's your responsibility or the government's responsibility to house all the people that are homeless. Now, you could easily kind of step back from that and say, well, it's the government's fault that they're homeless to begin with because of X, Y, and Z. But you see, once you get into that kind of logic, you'll always justify government action even when it's their fault which is only going to give them another opportunity to use that crisis to benefit themselves yet again. And then there'll be another problem they can solve with their It's how this goes, guys. Governments are not here to help you. We can finally begin to see that with everything that's happening. But ultimately, the point is not that we should be going, oh, no, government, do something. But the point is to realize that should they really want to, they have the ability. This could be ended immediately. Same with the food crisis. Right. Well, I'll point that out again in a minute. The point is that this is, again, not saying that they should take your tax dollars or they should justify that. It shouldn't be your responsibility to take care. That's not the, the idea of this kind of collectivism mindset that where everything has to be equal and all. That's not real. It's only equal for the peons and the, the boot of the powerful people that actually don't live like that. It's sort of like the well, nothing would be happy narrative where, well, somebody sure, certainly controls all this stuff. They're the ones who own all the things and are actually happy. You're being told that forcefully and you have to pretend like you live that way. I mean, that's kind of the, the joke. But the point is that clearly they have the ability. They've got the money. They've got the resources. But instead, they send billions of dollars to Ukraine or any other number of other things that you may personally feel are more important. I mean, uh, genuinely, like there's all sorts of political points people can make, whether Ukraine or something, some other narrative or some other thing money is going to, as opposed to actually helping people. You can, and, and just to show you the last quote, well, that's just what she wrote. The United States has enough money to end homelessness. Now, just realizing that is true. So if they really cared about this, why would they go through so many abstract ways of trying to, why wouldn't they just go, you know what, let's just make this happen. Building homes for everybody, giving money to people. Again, that's not what I'm arguing. I don't, I don't, I can guarantee you it would end up just creating more problems. They'll exploit the same way. But the point is the same as they pretend to do other things. They take things from you elsewhere for this very reason and continue to not solve the problem. Just realize that it's about using crises. Never let a good crisis go to waste to benefit their agenda as always, whether it's a tiny thing in one county or a nationwide problem or a worldwide issue. That's how this goes. But just realize that they could if they wanted to. And that's the only point I'm making here, just like right here. I've, I've made, I point out this article I wrote a million times. I, don't, I think I republished this in 2016. In any case, the point was it was out a long time ago, and the, and the title was Ending Food Waste Can Solve World Hunger. France takes step in the right direction, which they one step and then 40 and back the wrong way. But the point is at this moment, it was like, hey, they took one good step in this direction. The bottom line was that, I'll just read it directly. The world already, and this is 2016, produces more than one and a half times enough food to feed everyone on the planet. This You can easily look this up. The sources, the links are in here. That's enough to feed 10 billion people. The population expected by 2050. Currently, one third of the food produced around the world ends up in the trash every year for a variety of reasons, not because of mold or climate change, but because they're misshapen or they've got the wrong colors or they just don't like them or because they just have to throw a lot away to maintain a certain price, like with milk and other things we can talk about in another show. I should have included today, but it was already going to be too long. I've got a whole big segment about food issues and wasting milk and throwing things away. It's horrifying. The point, I mean, you know what? Since I'm, we're talking about this right now, that one part of it I will include, 
Let me grab that as we're as I'm doing this. The point, though, guys, is that it's on the surface apparent. They know that they could do this. They could spend that. They could not waste food and solve the problem. But but the but the real point is that it's more important to maintain the scarcity because that allows control. This is not a secret. It's something people have written entire books about. People have done. I mean, dedicated their entire fields of work toward proving. It's in here somewhere. Hold on. <laughs> I know I've got it. I knew I shouldn't have stopped and grabbed it, but the, the point was here we go. Somebody just shared this, which uh, Illuminati, Illuminati bot shared this. And I'll, I'll get into this in a future show. But the point is, the guy is saying they, uh, I mean, I guess it's only a minute and 25. I'll play it real quick. See, I know it's going to be a long show anyway. So, but you, as you guys will see, what he's telling you is that he, because they've met their quota, he's being told he has to dump out this milk. Hey guys, we're here at Gibbon Bowes Farm in uh, Southern Ontario. We milk about 260 cows. Uh, right now, during the winter months, you milk quite a bit more milk because the feed is very consistent. And if you do a good job, you will produce quite a bit of milk. So, but right now we're over our quota. Um, it's regulated by the government and by the DFO. But the problem is, is what they don't understand is millions of people look at this milk running away because it's the end of the month, so I have to dump, I dump 30,000 liters of milk and it breaks my heart. I will show you, by the way, this here, Canadian milk, it's $7 a liter. When I go for my haircut, people say, wow, $7, Jerry, for a little bit of milk. I say, well, you have to go higher up. Because we have no say anymore as a dairy farmer on our own farm because they, uh, they, they make us dump it. And no matter how we stand up, so this time I'm going public. I want the people to see the pain that us growers have of 365 days as a little boy we grew up on a dairy farm, came from Europe, work, 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 and here we are, this is what's happening. It's just, and it's not even a secret, guys. It's, it's really a very public thing. Brian Richmond and I used to talk about this, the idea of the pumpkin fields where he's from or the, the squash fields or whatever you want to call them, where they are literally just rotting on the vine because they're to, they, they paid for them. They made their money for it because they were doing what they were paid to do by the government, but they don't need it because it's about maintaining a certain scarcity or rather what the public narrative is, maintaining a certain price, you know, uh, what's the right word for it? You mean I'm blanking on the word in regard to you maintaining the price, but there's a word for that, like where they just kind of make sure the stock is at a certain level and they get rid of, you know, and okay. So you may even uh, believe that, or I mean, uh, agree with that in a logistical, in, I don't know what, some kind of a sense, but how can you rationalize that in not just milk, but every single field we could talk about while we know people are starving? While the very government allowing that practice is going, we need to make all kinds of radical great reset changes to make sure we can feed the hungry. Well, wait a minute. If we already throw away enough food to feed the world around right now, why are we acting like we need to change anything except what you guys are already doing? But you see, this is the larger point about everything they're doing. The whole great reset narrative, all of this stuff. That's why we talk about the greater reset. 
right? With, with Derek Bros. The point of it being clearly, there's a thousand different directions that benefit the people in, in exponentially better ways than what they're doing. But you see, they want to do it in the way that benefits them at the expense of everybody else. But if they're framing it as for your benefit, you'll have nothing and be happy, right? So let me just finish this paragraph, guys. So the point was, Currently, one-third of the food produced around the world ends up in the trash for a variety of reasons. So they can have things like this. For the podcast, it's a you know, perfect little grocery store with all the perfect-shaped things, all the exact same colors. That's not how nature works. Almost, I mean, most of them are misshapen. Most of them have different colors, you know, a little shading here and there. They get rid of those, guys. The United States is by far the worst with about 60 tons of food wasted every year. 60 tons. This means that world hunger hear me on this, could literally be solved by simply utilizing the 33% of the world's food that is wasted for no reason other than aesthetics. The amount of wasted food is about as outrageous as the reasoning behind its waste. Realize that even then, you have grocery stores that will pour bleach over the food they throw out for no reason, even when you can prove that there's legal standing that shows that they won't be held accountable even if they give it to the homeless. I mean, guys, I go off on this every time. It really gets under my skin. It's like one of these topics we're talking about today. When I wrote about this in 2016, I thought, we're going to change this. Finally, we can point out the reality. And if somebody sees it, of course, you know, naive when you're growing into this. The point is the same like he's Palestine. We can prove they're breaking the law. And guess what? We just forget about it. This is there. It's very simple. It's as simple as that. There's not, you can just go, oh, red tape, bureaucracy, BS. That is about maintaining the illusion of control. That's what this is really about. Throwing away all the milk while there are people starving. I mean, it just makes you sick, doesn't it? Well, it, then, of course, on top of all that, what they re- then do is then enforce the things that aren't healthy for you, like seed oils or any number of other things we've talked about that are provably dangerous. Or, you know, the benzene in your sunscreen, the dioxins all over your glyphosate and everything that you're doing for the rest of your life. No big deal. Seed oils account for 30% of the global agricultural land use, right? So that's a, one of the things also is they're encroaching on the things that we do need for things that they they tell us we need for sales for but the point is while only providing point zero point zero one percent of vital micronutrition nutrients and more inflammation than you can handle now this has been a commonly understood reality for years now science study after study showing you that these things are i mean you could get into how dangerous but just are obviously not ideal that you should be using olive oils or other type, not seed or vegetable oils, because they're not meant for your body. It's as simple as that. They never were before. They were used for car engines and things like that. But suddenly, they found out there was an ex. There's a whole story, but the point is that this is not healthy for you, and it's pretty well understood. But of course, now this is what happens, right? So not only do they throw away what you, people need while telling you that we don't have enough, we need to change to fix that. They then force things on people that we know aren't safe and then gaslight you until we can finally prove that we're wrong, they're wrong, and then even then, nothing really happens. It's like every story I could possibly point to right now. Seed oil, seed oil, seed oils. Well, wellness influencers and conspiracy theory peddlers love to demonize seed oil, says the Rolling Stone, you know, the health advocate. But experts think their fears are BS. <laughs> why, are, why is the right so obsessed with seed oil? What? Of course, you can't do anything but turn it into a partisan wedge issue because that's all you have. <laughs> Guys, these things are dangerous and they're just they're bad for you. And there's a bazillion studies you can find on it. Now, first of all, before I go to the next point, that's going to make that even more clear. Just realize that it's up to you to decide. Don't listen to what other people tell you 
about this or that or what the right thing is, do your due diligence. Read the labels. Go past the labels. Look up peer-reviewed studies and then look for other studies to compare them to. That's on you. That's, that's self-responsibility. That's what they want you to think is too hard or not justified. It's the only thing that matters. It is your choice to be healthy. It is your choice to be free. It's up to you. Now, here's my point about this. Here's a very perfect example. Stevia has flooded the market, right? Oh, my God, it's the best thing ever because, you know, whatever their justification was at the moment. I forget what it was, but, you know, sugars in general, it's interesting. Sugars are like it turns out that not fat, not calories, not cholesterol. Sugar has always been one of the big like the biggest problem for cancer, for everything. It's like food for cancer. But, of course, that's not what he wanted to focus on because sugar is a huge industry. But, of course, then stevia comes out as sort of like a secondary thing. But guess what? It turns out it it, it is – well, I don't want to be clumsy with the – this is just a direct report from the study. Well, first of all, uh, Carnivore points out Paraguay Indians used stevia as a contraceptive. (laughs) In animals, it reduces fertility. What do you know? Well, okay, this is just a post, first of all. Thank you to Concern for pointing this out. Well, you know, as we do, we looked this up and we did our due diligence to 1998, or excuse me, 1968. And sure enough, it's very simple. You can read further. This is just the abstract. A water decoction of the plant stevia uh, ribondiana, ribondiana bertoni, which, by the way, again, is, is just stevia. That's, the, what that, the, that's where stevia is derived from, the, just the, what we buy in the store. And it says uh, redu- reduces fertility in adult female rats of proven fertility. The decoction continues to decrease fertility for at least 50 to 60 days after intake stopped. Wow. Okay. Well, just one study, right? So we don't, maybe this, maybe they were wrong. Well, what's funny about it is that's certainly what they want you to think. And you look up just an, an endless amount of just articles from health blogs that they'll pretend are totally justified, except when it's something you say they don't like. Oh, a dumb little health blog. <laughs> well, everybody's got information they want to share. It's just funny how things like, you know, you get the point. But the point is, Covering this in a broad sense. This is 2021. Interesting. 1968, 2021 is when this is being hashed out. Does stevia cause infertility? Well, the the crux of the point here is they say, well, why all the hype regarding stevia? Well, the answer is this stems from two sources. Of course, you know, it's always whittled down to this one post on Facebook or that kind of game, right? Well, someone, someone mentioning this one study from stevia plants being a contraceptive. And then 30, or this was says mentioning that women in Paraguay use them as contraception. So that's, that's, that is true. A 32 year old study that cited that it does that. Apparently that's the only two things in the world that you might see that would make you think that. And so that's what they're telling you. That begs the question, if Stevia can indeed prohibit a pregnancy, why hasn't more research been done? Well, it has guys. It has, they say. Since the first study performed in 1960s, which is what we just showed you, there have been countless other studies that contradict its findings, and then that's it. And it goes on to just go this one and this one and this one, and they all say the wrong. Well, you can read these, and they don't all necessarily say exactly the way that they're framing that, but my point is, sure, you could show these studies, and, and it certainly do undermine the main point of the other one, but you can also go and find a sh- lot more <laughs> pointing out the exact same thing. And I'm just, so I just get frustrated by this, first of all, this battle of, of scientific studies, which we really begin to understand from the COVID illusion, that just because it's a study doesn't make it true, right? And that goes both ways. That's why it's trusting the method, or rather using the method instead of trust the science, which I'll make a point about in the mass if we get there. It's just embarrassing. No genuine, honest doctor with integrity is ever going to say trust the science or a scientist. 
That's about the dumbest thing you could ever say. That is, that's counter to scientific research. The whole point of science is questioning. So to say trust the science is just dumb. And my, I, the first time I ever heard that was around the concept of the Vax documentary and the MMR vaccine and, and Del Bigtree and, and uh, I forget the guy's name off the top of my head, the other one. But the point is that that was where I first saw that kind of circulate. And I remember, I remember Del Bigtree standing up in anger going, science is never settled. And that, that's when that really stuck with me. So the point is that just became a mantra. These doctors are, this one I'll, I'll point out later if I get to it, but they're just either too stupid to know that they're wrong or they really just don't care. And I mean that because the bottom line is the science we're talking about in the context of mass, that is where he says that is unbelievably clear. But again, trust the science is not, no, nobody with integrity is ever going to say that. So remember that when they say trust the science, recognize what they're either not smart enough to know that's stupid or they're lying to you some way. But here's 1999. Effects of chronic administration of stevia on fertility in rats. And it's the same point, the same point, that it very clearly goes on to point out uh, the decrease in the testes weight. Uh, you know, it, reduce, it has effects on fertility, on your ability to procreate. I find that pretty interesting. So overall, the point is that as we're being told, don't take these things that are healthy, they're pushing things on you that are dangerous. And then gaslighting you about it the entire time. This is just two basic things I plucked out of a larger conversation. Guys, you can look up just about anything you want, and you will find this, contra this contradiction as they ignore all the things that we can prove are hurting you in real time that they just don't care about. Dioxins and PFAS and, and benzene and everything else we've talked about in a, long, in a general sense. Glyphosate, doesn't matter. So on that same note, when you have a town, let's say, that gets affected by some of these larger problems, it's weird how we just don't care about it, right? Did, you, did we all forget? I know you guys didn't, but people just forget about East Palestine. Well, here's just a search from today from Brave, right? This is this is just oh, this is over the last week. There's nothing. <laughs> this is two days ago. Still waiting for disaster declaration, right? Just six six plus months. They don't even care, guys. They you know why? Because no one's talking about it. So as long as they know that no one's paying attention, they don't care, they don't care about these people. They never did in the first place. Here's Google. The, the only thing I see is field hearing planned for Palestine. Okay. It's just, there's nothing. The only, and I will give credit to, to as much as I have plenty of negative things to say about the owner and the platform itself, Status Quo has been doing an outstanding job keeping up on the story. They've continued to be there. They've been continuing to ask questions, and I think it's important. But just remember, guys, we've never stopped talking about this. The story is still going on, and the point is that it's already been shown. There's just the two I keep pointing out because it's amazing that this is not even heard. I mentioned this in circles, and nobody knows about this. The investigation has already found that the burn that caused all of this wasn't controlled, and it was unnecessary, and that Norfolk Southern lied to the fire chief, or rather omitted important information, that he is now going, I was railroaded, no pun intended. And that's it. And apparently we all know that the hearing was done they are on the record, not creating the problem. And what? Nothing. Oh, yeah. What happened to the Clinton Foundation after that huge scathing? Oh, yeah. Nothing. Nothing happened, even though they literally proved pay for pay to play. But that's how this works. We're, this is an illusion where this is an illusion of accountability when people are on the inside. I know that's really hard for people to grasp, but how many times do we need to see people that are this powerful just walk away? Sure, you find them all day long. Sure, their reputation gets a little slap or gets destroyed, but did they go to jail? No, they killed people. Like I, I was just watching the, the, the painkiller documentary on Netflix as well as the one that came out on 
Prime, I think, Dope Sick. They're both the same story, basically. And both of them highlight the same thing. Nobody went to jail, even though, and how long have we been talking about the opioid crisis? Since before it actually started. Nobody went to jail. Nobody. They got a misdemeanor slap on the wrist. They got a fine, right? But they immediately continued to sell and increased their sales. That's crazy to think about. Nothing changed. The narrative changed. They stopped pointing at the problem, which is still going on. People are still dying from opioid overdoses all the time. Oh, here's some Narcan that Purdue made. <laughs> they get the benefit off of your problem. That's how this actually works. That's what's happening in all of these situations we're talking about. Same thing's happening in Maui. Same thing's happening in East Palestine. The people who are part of the problem end up benefiting from it. Guess what's happening with Hawaiian Electric? Yeah, their stock went back up today, higher than it's ever been. But we'll get to that in a second. So my point is, don't lose sight of what's going on here because these people need to be held accountable. Not just their names get dragged through the mud. Somebody needs to go to jail. Literally. Because of this, this is a crime. And as well as the fact that right now we're still finding, in this case, this was on the tw- July, up to 14,000%. That's not a typo. More dioxins in the homes of East, East Palestinians than can, can controls by the experts on the ground. That's what we have. Six independent experts that have found the same thing while the EPA continues to go, you're fine, nothing's wrong. Even though their own team got sick. Even though the CDC team got sick while they were there. But they're still lying to you. How is that even possible? I say it every damn time. I just, I can't, I get mad about this every time I talk about it. I don't know how that's possible. Kills me. Now, status quo, which, which you go through their, their thread. They have been doing good work here. It's, this is, she says, it's absolute, it's absurd. We are six months out. This was on the 20th. Six months out and still having to live like this. That it never stopped. Now, on top of the fact that they're actually still sick. Yes, they're still sick and nobody cares. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can say the same thing about Flint, Michigan. I guess that's how this is going to go. I hate to be this. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. What do we do? Help me. I want this to be stopped. I can't stand that this doesn't get stopped. But the point is that they're now investigating her. Literally. Norfolk Southern, who swore they were going to help all these people, now that your gaze has shifted to Maui, are going, screw you. We're going to sue you or rather investigate you for fraud because you dare to ask us for money that we stole from you in the process. Or rather, made you lose when we created one of the biggest environmental disasters of our history. They're investigating her for fraud over reimbursement money. I mean, how, that's, think about that in the context of Maui, if that makes it more current in your mind, right? Suing, so somebody goes, hey, I want reimbursement for what happened from Hawaiian Electric, and they go, no, we're going to investigate you for fraud. Same game, guys. That's, I promise you we're going to see stuff like that happen as we shift our gaze to the next psyop that takes our direction away. Makes me sad. Well, on to Maui in general. I, want the, in, I think it's important that we, one, first of all, recognize that It is time to stop putting your faith for those out there in the corporate media in any possible way, because they are not only now completely behind the game on everything we're talking about. I mean, every damn story, the independent media. Now, look, that includes a lot of people out there that are lying to you, that are pumping the the whole the field full of nonsense and lies. And I'll give you an example one in a second and continuing to use other people and lie about this or just saying whatever. That's always going to be there. That's just like the corporate media. So it's nothing new. My point, though, is that there is an entire gigantic field of good, hardworking, objective, honest, nonpartisan, independent media out there that are breaking these stories on the ground as well as over the Internet with people in real time using Twitter and other platforms. And yet you have a lot of some people in the larger independent media, if you see them that way, that still rely on the corporate media for their news. Now, look, I, I engage with all of it. I try to seek the small things out, but I also look at corporate because you should. You should understand what they're trying to say. But this is this is my this is not even about credit or anything like that. 
My point about showing you this, and this is from Lee Camp, Maui residents were prevented from fleeing the fires, according to the Associated Press. It's frustrating that long before I even pointed this out, there are people that are on the ground proving to you this happened. And yet it takes the Associated Press to, and it's not even just about Lee, it's about anybody out there, because maybe that's the first time he saw it. But I find that hard to believe. Because I got people sending me stuff. I guarantee he's got people sending him stuff. There's a thousand examples. People's videos from the ground showing you barricades, proof, videos from in the fire. And yet it takes the Associated Press a week later saying that for it to finally be engaged with. Because I guarantee you, a lot of these people thought conspiracy theory. That's the problem. People are afraid to engage with what the corporate media has deemed conspiracy. So they're still dictating a lot of certain people's direction, even as they're critical of the corporate media. So you, you can listen to it for yourself. The point is they're basically saying this is, you know, this new information. It's not new. As I said, it's only new because you apparently ignore the independent media that you claim to be part of. Now, I'm sorry if that was harsh. I respect Lee in a lot of different ways, but he, COVID was a hard time for me because I didn't think he covered that well. But overall, this is still happening in a lot of these kind of like these higher echelons of the corporate media or independent, excuse me. It says who are breaking these stories weeks, sometimes months in advance in favor of the corporate media, Johnny come lately coverage. That's what they're doing. Now, you'll remember this, guys. We've played this. This is the guy who is literally telling you that they, that they, uh, that they, the police were, he told them directly, I am under orders to keep them here. Right? This came out. We posted this on the, on the 17th of August. That had been out for at least a few, few days before that ever got reported, even by independent media. So why is it, just a general question, why is it that these things can come out this clearly and yet it takes a week plus for the corporate media to maybe say something and then if they do, then it gets reported. But if they don't, it still stays buried. People still act like it's not. I'm all for being skeptical because I'm with you. There's a lot of liars out there. But it's frustrating when you can see stuff like this and it doesn't get, this should have already been around the world. Your story, man? Well, I went to uh, Safeway late. Because the wind was blowing, so I knew I wouldn't be able to leave that night. And electricity was off. So I went around back to Front Street, and there were all the cars were lined up, but none of them were moving. And I walked all the way from Safeway to the chart house. Not one car had moved. And I was wondering what was stopping the traffic. Well, it was a policeman. And I got to the end, and I looked up north. There were no obstructions. There was no reason to keep those cars there. Are you sh- Serious? I'm serious. And now he deserves the credit for this because he's been on the ground. He's a local guy. He's a real estate guy locally. And he's been covering this stuff the entire time. And then people will, you know, even, I look, even the Associated Press will reference these same things and, of course, not credit him. It's, it, it's, it's about stifling the story, in my opinion, in a way that they can use. It's a heart attack. And I, I said, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm under orders to keep him here. And I said, the fire is, is right around Safeway. It's going to hit Front Street. Now, the point is he goes on to say that he walked miles and looked back and they were still being held there. He could see the fire in the background, right? Now, the point here is that this is one of, just one of the many videos you'll find that will show these people freaking out because they can't move. There's cars in front of them and they're stuck and the fire's coming. Now, many of these people, guys, are the ones that you see in videos where the cars are burned and they're dead. It's horrifying. Children, women, men, everybody. Now, my point is, how in the world that can go forward? Now, look, we're going to get into this next point about potentially why. We talked about it already. The down power lines, the arguments that we have to hold people here. The only people that seem to have gotten out of this are the ones that went around barricades that were blocking the area or the ones that jumped in the ocean. Most of these people died. That's wild to think about. That's why we were talking about thousands of people. 
Now, look, I also tell you right now that I'm going to have Shelby back on on Saturday, I think, and, and talk about just updates. But she had sent me some stuff that I'm not going to play, that, that, I, that, I, that is horrifying. Stuff that I haven't seen anybody else showing that just shows videos of just dirt before they were able to cordon everything off. And you can see just half-charred bodies in the street. And I just don't think it's newsworthy other than the fact that it's just gore. But I promise you, somebody will share it for clicks and likes, and it will be circulating soon enough. But it's just horrifying to see. And it just shows you that there's bodies all over the place, that there are people just lying in the street. And these people were stuck in many cases because of no alarms, because of no water, and because of the fact that they were barricaded. And you can, even if you think this was just a series of bad choices, there's still accountability that is not happening right now. Now, maybe it will once things dissipate, but I find that hard to believe. Now, again, the point is, if we're only going to wait for them to pump this story out, it's too late. The information has already been like, if look, if there's people that are trying to shore up their accountability, then this is what happens. And if, and we, if we could have gotten this circulating when he originally put it out, which I think that's uh, I'll show you his video in a second. I think it's right here. Another video from him. I'll, you guys got to follow him. He's doing great work. Then maybe this would have had a different made a difference early when it might have been able to change something. That just that's why we have to not rely on the corporate media for our information. Now, here's what they're saying. This was on the 24th. In deadly Maui fires, many had no warning and no way out. Those who dodged a barricade survived. After a car, and car after car was turned back toward the rapidly spreading fire. How is that possible? How can you as a policeman turn people back toward a raging fire with hurricane winds? That's what was happening when they did that because there's a power line down the road. I don't understand that. Just following orders isn't cut it for me. That's a huge mistake or a choice. One family swerved around the barricade and was safe, right? Because they were smart enough to go, I'm not going to sit in a fire. And I shouldn't even say it like that. I, I, I feel bad immediately for saying that because the point is that it's not that they were, I, I guess the whole point is about, it's amazing to see that people will be willing to follow orders to their death. That's crazy to me. I really feel bad about that. I shouldn't have said this. That's what I mean when things slip out when you're kind of in the co context of all this, because it's, it's unfair to these people. They thought they were doing the right thing. Right. It's just but that's how people are being engineered. Another drove for a four wheel uh, drive car down a road into a uh, to escape. And one man took a dirt road uphill. Like, you know, the point is they got out because they went away from the street. He later picked his way through the flames, smoke and rubble to pull out survivors to safety. He did not not other workers from the government, individuals. But dozens of others found themselves caught in a hellscape. Their cars jammed together on a narrow road, surrounded by flames on three sides. You know all this. But see, we knew all this back in the beginning of, you know, right afterward because people were telling us this. And realize this story, this story that they were blocked, they were held, was called fake news. Yes, it was called fake news right out of the gate. They said fake news, corporate, you know, misinformation. They always do because they're not. If they're looking at the story they've got in their hands and it doesn't match what they're saying, they dismiss what you're saying. And a lot of people follow suit. And then eventually that news comes out that we were screaming about. And they go, oh, breaking news. So do a lot of independent people. The road closures, some because of the fire, some because of downed power lines. That's what they're arguing. Contributed to making Lahaina the site of the deadliest U.S. wildfire in more than a century. And again, not really a U.S. wildfire. That's not how they see themselves. But there were many problems that day. And some ways the disaster began long before the fire started. The droughts and all the backstory, you know, certainly played a factor. My point is that they're claiming, okay, there's fire down that way, even though we can see a huge fire behind you and reports of some down power lines. So wait, wait as the fire builds around you. I mean, you have to realize that there were people that were holding them there that, I, that were gone, even while people were still waiting. 
I mean, I just don't know how we don't see how corrupt this. I mean, and I'm not saying that means some larger conspiracy. Certainly we should ask that. But just the basic reality of what happened is enough. Now, then you overlap that with the bait. And again, before we can get into the potential conspiracy, not fake conspiracy, but genuine conspiracy, conspiring to, can, to hide or achieve some kind of end. But putting that even aside, just the basic reality is enough right now to people to be potentially put in jail. Right. We know that this is what's going on. We know people are taking advantage. We know people, you know, no alarm, no water, all of this. And here's the, the land grab overlap without any of the potential bigger conspiracies, again, that we should be asking. But just the basic reality is undeniable. Like I've said before, these real estate agents and these other people that would want to take advantage would have been doing this regardless of what happened. But somebody in power is still allowing this to go forward like this. It's already happening. We've seen a lot of weird land shift discussions already. Land grab. What exactly does that mean? So to be clear, again, I am not on the ground on Maui, but what I understand from people who are there is that there are realtors and there are others who are making offers to people in their most desperate time of need when people are, you know, desperate for funding and other resources to try to build back their lives. Now, here's one of the arguments. Now, somebody may say, well, you know, that's trying to help them. Now, I don't believe that because, first of all, I don't think they're giving them their value. But secondly, it's at a time when the U.S. government has already like almost intentionally delayed anything for these people. And I'll play you a clip from the next one where a woman's going, I, to, as of like yesterday, I haven't gotten anything. I haven't even seen anybody from FEMA. Remember, Shelby told you the same thing. And I'll, then I'll prove, that, prove it to you that they're just setting up as of the 16th. My point, though, is that you can show that these people are not helping them. So they don't have the aid they need. They don't have the water, the food. And so now somebody steps in and goes, here's a, here's a fraction of your house value. And they're going to go, well, I'm starving, so why not? Or whatever else. I'm struggling, or I can need to help my kids go to school. That makes sense to me. That if you really want to understand how people can use politics and use zoning and regulations and other kind of things that we can see happening, like the Oprahs and, and uh, uh, Bezos and Zuckerbergs of the world, that they may be, it, it, let's just say all this was organic, still then leaning into the situation to achieve what they want, which is this territory. That's not a secret. Just hypothesizing. I'm not saying we can prove that, that we should be able to ask these questions because it's historically very common. People are getting offers on their ancestral homes, um, lands that here in Hawaii, when we talk about ancestral lands and our connection to place, um, we talk in generations and in hundreds of years. And so our Native Hawaiian Rights Clinic has been on the ground in Maui Kumohana working with community members for several years now. And many of our community members have long-standing relationships to place. And it's some of these community members who are getting offers on their homes at this most difficult time, which in my opinion, of course, is, is completely inappropriate. You talk about plantation disaster capitalism. Explain. Plantation ca disaster capitalism, I think, is unfortunately, the perfect term for what's going on in Maui Komohana or in West Maui right now. Um, the plantations, the large landed interests that have had control over not just the land, but really much of Hawaii's and Maui Komohana's resources for the last several centuries are using this opportunity, of, are using this time of tremendous trauma for the people of Maui to swoop in and to get past the law. Basically, they're using the emergency proclamation that the governor right. put into place the day after the fires to, you know, ravage Lahaina. And they're using this 
as an opportunity to try to get their way, especially with respect to water resources, um, something they could not achieve when the law and Hawaii's water code in particular were in place. See, so that's really hard not to consider, right? So first of all, that they're taking advantage of the situation. So first you should ask, well, could it be possible that they allow, you know, either made this happen, engineered circumstances that made it likely to happen, or pushed it when they saw it beginning? You know, something like that. That's obviously possible, but of course that very concept is fake news, even if people have been guilty of that very thing in the past. Like Pfizer, for example. Fake news! They wouldn't lie about the drugs. Well, here they have 47 times. You know, that's how that works. But the next thing she points out is the idea of the the, the because of the emergency declaration, which I, I always think these are pro- like just quick side note, the Florida hurricane situation and DeSantis is declaring an emergency because it could be bad. How, who, what does, how does anybody allow this? You don't declare an emergency because it might become an emergency. That's just ridiculous. Now, I guess you could argue the logic would be that, you know declaring that emergency, then there's red tape and then it's too, too late once it happens. But the idea is that ultimately declaring that emergency is what, what we're going to talk about here opens up these doors for people to do all sorts of unilateral action. We saw it during the COVID illusion. It happens every time. We're, we're in the governed by a state of emergency. How many times have I said that? It's continuing right now. So her point is that they have the emergency declaration, which allows these very companies to then swoop in and just circumvent laws they've been wanting to for a very long time. How do you not see that as possibly manufactured for this reason, or at the very least, corrupt entities abusing people suffering to benefit, which happens every single day in this country? It's questions that they just want to, they don't want you to ask, which is very always very telling. Well, here's a clip from Chief Nerd pointing out that now, based on that emergency discussion, right, we know they said, oh, the emergency, the, the alarms failed, is what they said first, lied. And he goes, oh, well, we chose to turn them on. Then he resigned, and now they're kind of still flirting with the idea that some of them might have failed. They're lying to us, guys. It's, that's how that looks when you're to. The bottom line is they're now using this anyway. FEMA to conduct massive emergency alert tests in October for the whole country. Why? Well, the reason for the test is to make sure that all the systems are prepared in case of an emergency. So you could argue this is possibly one of the reasons it happened. I don't think that makes sense. It's too kind of a small point. But yet, this is how you use an emergency especially if you did manufacture that for bigger reasons and then go perfect. Then we're going to go, Hey, the the alarms didn't work. What do you know? Now we're going to manufacture this justification to make sure your cell phone is act. And this becomes a tie in with the digital connection of all the things we're talking about. So it concerns me either way. Don't let a good crisis go to waste. Now we're going to be massive testing emergencies for your phone and probably going to require response. So I've seen before we'll see, but here's the video I was showing you about from Jeff Lufredo. An indigenous Lahaina local tells him that she lost her house, pets, medicine, cash savings. She can't even get a call back from FEMA. Surprise, surprise. And has yet to see any type of U.S. aid relief. I haven't had any money come in. I haven't had anybody call me back. I didn't have anything. I I have no idea. I lost my house. I lost my car. I lost my animals. I mean, come on, man. We're not getting anything. Till today, I still didn't get my meds. I cannot get my meds yet. My my medicine was all burnt in my house. My rent money was all burnt in my house. Now, what if that was something like insulin, which is part of the problems that we've already seen? There are people that have probably already, I mean, look, I'm not even going to say, like, I don't want to be hyperbolic about it, but realize that there have been people that haven't been able to get what they need this entire time. How is it how is it not likely that somebody's already had some kind of medical problem because they couldn't get what they needed like insulin? Somebody can die from that. 
But yet they've already been turned back. People have literally been turned back with insulin. That was one of the videos we showed you because they said, no, no, we can't, you know, legal liability or whatever. So we're going to allow people to suffer while you guys are bringing nothing because that's what's happening. They're not going, no, 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 just the FEMA aid. They're going, no, no aid because FEMA's coming. Well, where is it then? These people have been here for a week plus. What is it? More than that now. Two weeks. Where it's how do we justify that? I have no money anymore. I think Joe Biden should take his $700 and get back on the fucking plane and go home. That's what I think. Because $700 compared to all the millions he's giving. Sorry for the, I forgot she cusses in this. I think there's one more. So earmuffs for the children. I apologize. To Ukraine. Why? We need it. That's why we don't understand why. We're citizens and we cannot get money. But if they're not citizens, they get gazillions of dollars from the USA. Where, where are, where's our government? Fix your house before you fix somebody else's house. No, they're destroying both of them. That's the point, though. This is how, like, your community, other Hawaiians you know, locals, indigenous people, is that how they feel, pretty much how you feel? Everybody feels that way. Come on. That's why the local people stick together and we help our own people because we know the outside people are not going to do it. Yep. They've learned this lesson, hard lesson, over the years, over and over and over again. And so, too, of the people around the world that, are, that the governments like this scream about, that we're here to fight for the Syrian people. Well, they know what you're doing. They're not stupid. They're very aware that you're not fighting for the Syrian people. But that's the problem, though, is the only people that seem to buy that are the ones in this country that are still playing the two-party game. Which is a diminishing number, hopefully, as I believe. But here's what I already showed you this point, just the general clip or the general point about the fact that these FEMA people that only just showed up, despite their lies, are staying in a thousand, as I understand it, it's a $1,300 a night luxury hotel in Maui, while he offered $700 per family. That's what I wrote person, but I understand it's a family. How do we make sense of that? As he just sent millions more after $46 billion to Ukraine? Now, FEMA has an office on Oahu, and yet they only just set up their very first disaster recovery center on the 16th of August. How do you make sense of that? There was no military spraying water from the ocean. There was nobody at all, in fact, during the, the, the entire problem. Now, you, just, you, you can give me an explanation you think is not, they planned it. I'm open. I'll listen to you. I'm, I, 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 that's important to me. Because I don't think we need to ask all these questions, but you have to be able to consider that there was a reason this was at least allowed to continue. Like, let's, let's add a third option. The fact that this was some kind of an organic problem, but then they chose to let it burn. I mean, all these things are possible. Pearl Harbor is a very clear example of that. In my opinion, that's the general truth of it, that this is something. You, the, the foreknowledge, I believe, was also there, but that's a, to make the main point. During the Pearl Harbor event, this was, that was allowed to happen for the justification to enter the war. And you could argue they manufacture that too. That's a whole other story. But at the very least, there's clear-cut evidence they were warned ahead of time and they didn't do anything. That's the way these people work, guys. I mean, I'm not saying I can prove that about this situation, but you, never, you, you have to ask these questions. If you're afraid to ask those questions, then you're failing. I'm not saying you have to blindly believe them. That's also stupid. But you have to be able to ask these questions. Hawaiian Electric soars after statement. Now, here's what's crazy to me. I just said this in the last show, thinking like, oh, it turns out that was an anomaly. Remember, I, right when it came out, I was like, how in the world is their stock going up 20% as they're failing people? Which it did. Then it, then it dropped. And by the way, as I, as now that I'm looking back, it looks like it had already dropped, but then jumped back up, which it continues to tell me something. So, but, it, but even then, if it had dropped down, I'd be like, okay, well, it, it worked out. They're failing because, but guess what? The price 
skyrockets. Look at this, guys. So it's up higher than it ever was, I mean, before the fire. There's no way you make sense of that unless there is something that they did what they were supposed to. That's just my opinion. But I mean, how do you logically make sense of a market that would say this company is going to succeed after it just got exposed for a huge – well, they, this is kind of the, main, the point. Actually, I'm kind of getting ahead of it. This is their, their narrative is that the lines were de-energized. So it wasn't our fault. And you know what? Maybe it's true. Let's go through this and you guys can think for yourself about it. But either way, the point is that they're in, in the middle of a crisis, a, 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 a scandal where people are going, it's your fault. And they're going, no, that wasn't my fault. That's never a situation in a normal, in a normal situation where you would see a gigantic third, 43% increase in stock price. Even if their narrative was, it's not our fault. The, the very scandal itself almost always leads to a decrease. Because it's, it's uncertain. That is not uncertainty. Guys, that is market certainty, in my opinion. They know something. That's just my opinion again. But here's what it says. Hawaiian Electric Industries, Inc. surged as much as 43% in pre-market trading in New York after the utility released their statement that their power lines were de-energized for more than six hours in the Haina when the afternoon fire broke out. Very interesting distinction. I'll show you what they mean. And look, there, there could be one of two things here. This could be either, in my opinion, there always could be more than that, but in my opinion, one of two, either that this is a cover-up of the fact that their power line started this to try to save, you know, remove accountability, certainly possible, or what they're saying is the truth. And it seems to almost suggest that they're going, we're going to be forced to tell you what the, what, who is really responsible if you guys keep pushing this. I'll show you what I mean. It's very interesting because they're saying there's different fires, different timing. It says the, 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 they were de-energized for more than six hours when the afternoon fire broke out on the 8th that ultimately was responsible for the bigger issue. He says, quote, we were surprised and disappointed that the county of Maui rushed to court even before completing its own investigation. Right. So the county is suing them. And they're mad about that, obviously, saying, how dare you? You didn't even find out what's really going on. Now, it says we believe the complaint. This is from Hawaiian Electric is factually and legally irresponsible. It is inconsistent with the path that we believe we should pursue as a resilient community committed and accountable to each other as well as to Hawaii's future. Now, where's the real question? First of all, do you see Hawaiian Electric as a Hawaiian entity? I don't. Despite the fact there's plenty of people that work there that are Hawaiian or that are from Maui or from Hawaii, it's, 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 a, it's a colonialized company. It's a company that is not about the Hawaiian people. None of these larger entities that are part of the U.S. government structure are actually part of it. That's my opinion. So the idea they're framing it as, come on, guys, we're all on the same side. It doesn't feel genuine to me. But it says, we continue to stand ready to work to that end with our communities and others. Here's the point. It says, unfortunately, the county's lawsuit may leave us no choice in the legal system but to show its responsibility for what happened that day. So no, no misunderstanding this. They're saying it's the county's fault. That's why this happened. The county's fault. But what they're saying is that if you leave us no choice, then we'll have to reveal why it was your fault. Well, do it now. What the, I mean, it's amazing that these kind of things. So this is basically one powerful entity kind of taking a shot over the bow of another powerful entity going, don't push us. We'll, we'll expose you. Am I wrong? And yet we're over here going, well, just tell us the truth. You know what happened? Then tell everybody what's going on right now. But that's not how it gets framed. Or they could be making it all up. <laughs> but my point is that seems a little fishy, doesn't it? Now, of course, 43% jump after they say that says something. Now, here's what Hawaiian Electric is outlining as their main points about the 8th. 
A fire at 6.30 a.m., the morning fire, appears to have been caused by power lines that fell in high winds. Now, we showed you that. Two different examples of the power lines falling, causing fires. Now, it says the Maui County Fire Department responded to that fire, reported at 100% contained. Now, this aligns with what we heard from Shelby and other people. Remember that it was originally contained. But, what, but as I understand it, they were already moving people in Lahaina because of that, which doesn't make much sense to me. But that could be a, kind of a misreport because there's a lot of flying information. But it says, and they left the scene and later declared that it had been exhausted. At 3 p.m. that same day on the 8th, a time when all of the Hawaiian Electric's power lines in West Maui, they claim, had been de-energized because of the, because of the hurricane and whatever else is what they're saying. For more than six hours, it had been de-energized. A second fire, they call the afternoon fire, then began the same area. But here's the interesting part. They're claiming, and everyone's claiming, they don't know what started that. Well, there's where you go arsonists, seeing as how that's seemingly happening everywhere right now. Like literally every, every big Reese in Canada, Yellowknife, all of them are being proven to be started by arsonists. And they just go, but climate change still, because it was worse because of that. It's like, well, what are you talking about? The fires didn't even happen because they started them. To say that the fire then that the arsonists started were worse because climate change is about as dumb as saying you you would have been worse if you didn't if you would would have, God I had the injection because it would have been worse as you're laying in your deathbed. That's just silly. But either way, they don't know what caused it. That's a huge point in all of this. So this is what I mean when Hawaiian Letters going, "Don't push us because we might have to reveal what really happened that day." That's really interesting to me. So now it becomes what did start this other fire. And why did it start on the other side? And what? And in multiple locations, mind you. Remember, there were fires on the kind of the central part of the island, and then over on Lahaina. That apparently they're going. We don't know. But I don't. And, and they also started at the same time. So you could argue this was another arson, just because they want to pretend climate change, so they scare you into believing what they think, or that it was used to drive people out after a thought other fire was already being started. Or you know, there's all these different possibilities. We could theorize into the wind, but the bottom line is that this is not hashed out, and these people are already acting like we're crazy for possibly, like, considering foul play. Like, it's just amazing we're in a time when it's so obvious. These, I mean, it's amazing that we even pretend that people cheating and lying and covering up their crimes is somehow like, un, how dare you? <laughs> uh, clutching your pearls, that should never happen, even though it happens like literally every 30 seconds in this country. It's, it's just so ridiculous. But when it comes to powerful people, you're supposed to go, no, they wouldn't do that, even though it's the most likely thing we've ever seen. The records conclusively established that Hawaiian electric power lines to Lahaina were not energized when the afternoon fire broke out. There was no electricity flowing through the wires. Well, I, you know, that, maybe that's true. I don't know how we prove that at this point, because it's all going to come from some kind of power structure being able to say, here's what our sensors showed or whatever. But at the end of the day, it almost seems to make sense. What, to the to the potential bigger conspiracy conversation, right? Now it says once the fire was out, Hawaiian Electric energy crews arrived at Lahaina Luna Road in the afternoon on August eighth to make repairs. They saw no fire, smoke, or embers. Okay, so if you're saying that three p.m. is when this afternoon fire started, I mean, you, I mean, maybe they just mean by the power lines. I don't know. That's interesting because by three o'clock, clearly there was fire. But it says shortly before three. Okay, maybe that's why I'm between that time frame. Which again, this doesn't line up for what I remember happening. While the power remained off, they say our crew members saw a small fire about seventy-five yards away from Lahaina Luna Road in the field near the intermediate school. They immediately called nine one one and reported that fire. So Hawaiian Electric is saying they're the ones that reported this anomalous fire in the other direction. 
But see, the reason people were held in that close to it fire area was because of this apparent down power line. So when they say fires and power lines, right, that's the argument they're saying for why. Where's the fire reason? The fire is behind you. The fires that were supposed to be because of the power lines, they already reported were put out. So the policemen knew that. But yet they still held people in that location and they later died. By the time the Maui County Fire Department arrived back on the scene, it was not able to contain the afternoon fire and it spread out of control toward Lahaina. The county's lawsuit, this is Hawaiian Electric again, distracts from the important work that needs to be done for the people of Lahaina and Maui. Well, maybe, maybe. I'll, I'll play some of this stuff. I'm tired of these accounts that are sharing all this stuff without, anyway. So the point um, is that that really does add some kind of texture to the bigger story. The question becomes of whether or not the Hawaiian Electric is lying or whether or not they're trying to save themselves by exposing the bigger picture. But you can read about this. There's the actual link I just read through. But the fact that I said now the stock price has gone back up to levels higher than before, it's just very, it's a very telling development. And I think it's indicative of something they either did or something that people see on the right, the writing on the wall that we're not privy to. But here, are, I'll play three of these people that I think are really important. This is Matt Holton put this out. Apparently, it's not even the full video. I wasn't able to find the full original video, but it's a local Maui County Council video, so it's probably on some fringe, you know, government website. But this is important. There's what they're saying here is calling out a lot of the lies. These are the local people from the ground. So, which, by the way, realize just because they're local on the ground doesn't even doesn't mean that what they're saying is even actually correct. It doesn't mean we should ignore what they're saying, but people can be wrong, right? There's a lot of people. That, that being said, what they're going to tell you, I agree with. I'm just saying that is don't always be skeptical. No matter who we're listening to, or what's going on, question they could be misled, that they could be lying. It's always possible. That's not insulting to point that out. It's just objectivity. Now, here's what they say. Now, this is these are important clips. And we're just asking, why, why is our town burnt down? Why are our families' houses gone? And if you can explain that to us in a logical, reasonable way, we'll accept it. But right now, there is no explanation, yeah. right? All I see in the newspaper is two sides arguing from, from what I saw in Civil Point, uh, Civil Rights or whatever that magazine is, civil newspaper, Civil Beat. And then the other side was a guardian putting out stuff. But then I'm hearing stuff on the other side, and I'm like, Hey, somebody's spinning this story. People are using this for their advantage. He's talking about the corporate media, but it's also happening everywhere, independent as well. But, th- but his point is that in opposed to helping people, you guys are just volleying this back and forth like some kind of badminton game where it's just like, nope, you're wrong. Nope, conspiracy theory. No, and it, that happens everywhere. Right. I mean, look at look at a movie like The Sound of Freedom kind of a thing. Right. Instead of recognizing whether or not you think it was embellished that it's just highlighting a very real problem. You had this ridiculous back and forth that it's all fake or it's all overbellished instead of just recognizing that children are suffering, right? That's how that always works. And that's both sides doing that. And it shouldn't be done. That's right. It shouldn't be done at all. And that's all I'm saying. Whether they are doing this, they should not be doing this for political use, either on pro-Kanaka side or the other side. We just got to get this thing and it should be transparency in this. That's all I'm asking. Thank Thank you. Thank you. I have um, three items that I'm testifying on. Um, my name is Justin Huey. I am uh, a teacher, a third grade teacher from the burned down King Kamehameha III Elementary in Lahaina. And um, I am testifying on my concerns of the governor's um, emergency proclamation that happened three weeks prior to the fire and how it suspended seven state statutes of which 
uh, exonerated um, everything that you guys are in charge of. Now, this is really important. Not only was the emergency declaration after this, which has opened up all sorts of other things, but before all of this, there were proclamations that were set in place that allowed all sorts of things that wouldn't have happened otherwise. How do you miss what that shows you? Uh, covers Certainly could be coincidence, right? But nonetheless, how do you miss how clear, as an investigator, you'd be like, well, that's obviously suspicious. But of course, that's conspiracy theory. <laughs> Logical conclusions are conspiracy theory in the land of government. County organization administration, chapter 46, collective bargaining was rescinded. School impact fees, uh, collective bargaining was rescinded. And um, to my knowledge, this was the first emergency proclamation in the country that didn't have a preceding incident. Normally, it's like a hurricane, boom, we got an emergency proclamation. But this was just, from my knowledge, was just to streamline development on Maui, and it is allocated all decision-making power to one person, uh, the housing officer of the governor, Nani Medeiros, who's unelected, who can trump every single thing that you do and everything that you say and every item that we cover. So interesting that housing in particular, I mean, really? How, how much more on the nose does it need to get? without any input from uh, the community, without any public discourse, without sunshine law. I have, I am, before I go to my, um, you know, tomorrow, I love what you said, Lahaina is not for sale, please include us. But I don't see that happening. And um, I was able to meet with, with um, Nani Medeiros. I graciously invited her into my home in order to speak with teachers from that had, from the burned down, King Kamehameha, the third elementary, and their own homes. Um, and they're moving forward with, with they're meeting with developers, private, um, private landowners, and not a lot of community unless you know how to maneuver correctly. Right, so a lot, all this stuff is moving now based on what happened. A lot of it under the guise of helping people that just, it has nothing to do with the local community. And I realize in general that sunshine, sunshine laws are just about government transparency. <laughs> So all they did was go, you know, we're going to circumvent the fact that we have to be transparent about what we're doing. Nothing suspicious there. So before I go to my next item, I would just like to ask each council member to let me know, are you in favor of this emergency proclamation that takes away sunshine law, collective bargaining, your, your, all your power in decision-making? Um, I would like it if you did me a kindness. And, and before I go on to the next item that I want to testify on, Who's in favor of that? Because I have serious concerns. Uh, Mr. They don't answer. We don't uh, have discussions at this point. We're just taking tests. Asked to start a They say no, by the way. So, so, um, so I, 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 I started, I asked and was, I was asked to start a teacher work group with HSTA on housing. And I was able to get people that talked, were able to talk to Nani Medeiros and um, they really need, uh, uh, you know, I would love to see you pass a resolution on um, foreclosures, mortgage, mortgage evictions, subsidized rentals. There's a lot of different things happening right now. Like there's one teacher that lives on this side 
applied, but had three other jobs besides teaching in Lahaina and has a $4,000 um, mortgage. So he his house didn't burn down, but he's going to lose his house if something isn't done quickly. Now, see, this is an important part of this. Like, so again, this is kind of that point to keep making about people looking for instead of just recognizing the things that always happen that are corrupt in situations like this and making sure we call that out. Everyone's more interested in the game of it all and trying to find the bigger conspiracy, which are always important. But just right there, this is the same thing we talked about during COVID stuff, right? You have slime people that are going to, even though technically have the legal right, are going to kick people out of their homes because of what's going on here. Or rather just, you know, people, let's just say you own this, you rent it or so on. And all of a sudden, or in this case, you know, from the bank, you have a mortgage and they're just going to take it because you don't pay it. But you can't pay it because you don't have a job at the moment and because you're, everything you own got burned down. So my point would be that this is usually where you argue about some kind of a moratorium, but I hate any kind of government control over anything, quite frankly. But the bottom line is that's happening, and that's completely separate in, in some ways from the bigger land grab discussion. Just that people it, are, are, you know, and, and then it becomes even more important when you could ask whether or not this whole thing was pushed or allowed or engineered, and then they're being lost. You know, it's, it's just all these questions matter. Bottom line is people aren't being treated like they should be in the situation as much as the government powers pretend like they're there for them, as usual. Um, a different teacher who's had their house burned down um, moved over here and is trying to buy a house over here, but other investors are trumping her. Um, and I, I, just, I just can't say enough about my concern over the fact that we have streamlined development without any community input without sunshine law, without public announcements, without meeting notices, crazy. Um, everything you, I just can't say enough. Everything and realize that the only reason they're skipping all these things under the guise that that's somehow we have to hurry and make it all better for everybody. That's that's there. So they're using their suffering to justify doing things that they can do that doesn't benefit them. That's disgusting. Everything that you do can be trumped by one person who's unelected and has no community input. And for me, I just, I, I just think that, you know, I wouldn't know why. Uh, she also said that she met with four council members and they were in complete agreement with the mm -hmm. emergency proclamation. So that means there's four council members here, allegedly. That and that's why they didn't want to respond when he asked them that, because they know that it puts them on the spot. Typical. She stated are in agreement with getting rid of sunshine law, collective bargaining, school impact fees, and chapter 46. So the people there on the council that are supposed to, you know, ostensibly there to represent the people, as always, are the very ones that, well, yeah, get rid of all the protections for everybody, you know, because emergency. Why, is that going to help everybody? <laughs> no, it's going to help the powerful. That's how this always works. And it's like, uh, my question is, why did why did you run if you're not going to step up to the to the plate when we need you the most? Power, power and benefit. That's why. Very, very rarely in my experience do good people fight for positions of power. Mostly, people that are good leaders are reluctant. They don't want to be in control. But that, that's the people that strive for it. They're the worst people. They're the psychopaths and the sociopaths, right? It's just, Typically what it always ends up being. Now, going to the next one here, 5608. Let's see. This one was. There's a, you watch this whole thing, guys. It's just sad. There's a lot of people telling you what's going on. It seems to challenge a lot. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say. Thank you, guys. My name is Christine Borch. I guess you could say I'm a Kapuna. 
because I'm 61. I was living on 1A Street when it happened. I walked away. I believe there's cussing in this as well, guys, so just be ready for that. Away with Ooh. nothing except my dog. And I've been part of the human experience experiment ever since. Uh, first, you put us, first, we were in Maui Prep. They passed out toilet paper because they wouldn't let us use the bathroom. Jeez. I guess we look like leprosy people to them in our dark skin. Then we went to Baldwin High. Now I'm at Royal Lahaina. We need help because we're being told by people from the mainland who are culturally insensitive to fill out papers that will give the America, which I am a forced American. I'm not a proud American. I That's so important, guys. They're, colon they're, they're on occupied territory. And I'm so glad this is finally getting attention because of all this. As much as it's a terrible, re terrible reason, it's finally highlighting something. that the, I lived there for two years. I, I heard this on a regular basis before I lived there in, in, in Oahu, that is. You know, you don't know this. And then you come head to head with it. You're like, you know, as, a, as the loud, clumsy American that I was, you know, you get there and you're like, wow, this is completely different than what I was told. And it turns out that these people don't believe they're Americans. You know, why? Because they remember the colonialization that, by the way, is still going on right in front of us. I'm forced to be American in Hawaii. You're telling us to fill out this paperwork so that you can give us the least amount of money. All I've had since day one is $700. FEMA so is fighting with SBA. I walked out yesterday because I'm hearing conflicting stories of what paper I should fill out. We need meetings in Lahaina. So many people, my employees, they're of Filipino and you know, they're Filipino. They don't know how to fill these papers out. Four out of five of us lost our homes. It was burned to the ground. We are only being told, stand in this line, sign here. What are we signing? Right. See, that's why do they need to sign anything? Why do they need to give their DNA and all these? I mean, you are, you, of course, the narrative we're searching for people are because we have to. The bottom line is that these are people that like, I mean, look, to make it as simple as possible in every situation we've shown you things that go back to like the Texas, uh, was it Hurricane Harvey? Right. Where you end up looking at the bottom of the paper and, oh, it looks like we're also signing that we won't boycott Israel. That's disgusting. It doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not. There's no reason you should quietly, secretly, surreptitiously make them sign something that changes to what they're allowed to say or do. And th th I guarantee you that it, the reason that they're having this process is going to in some way benefit what they're doing at the expense of these people. $700. Who is it benefiting, us or America? That's what I want to know. And I want to know... When we get to go back to our home in Wainate, maybe it's gone, but there, for reasons that I don't want to discuss, we need to go back there. Are you guys going to just scrape it all away and say disaster zone and America's going to get what they want? What she's telling you is they're not allowed to go back to their homes all this time later. That's not what we're being told. Right. Think about that. Think about being denied the ability to go back to your land because government says, well, that happens all the time. In fact, it's which is horrifying. But with the additional possibility, as she says, to this to be declared some kind of disaster, which is certainly possible. There's all sorts of justifications the government can use to take your land, eminent domain. They just declare the emergency in this case, and then suddenly it's not your choice anymore. Well, it's for your safety, though. Their satellite city? Because this was Right, so this, this is the one of the important parts where she gets into, the, you know, what the, the, something that people call conspiracy theory, which is not.
that this was a plan before this ever started to turn Maui into the first, you know, green AI smart city kind of discussion. That's very real. We've shown you the documents. City, because this was planned years ago. It's now happening. And all the poor people, the homeless, the hardworking people of the hotels, the Kapuna, we lost everything. So you could have your satellite city. This isn't fair. I feel like I was used. I feel like crap on the ground. This is not right, and we should not be treated this way. We're in a hotel, and we have no communication. I cannot watch the news. Wow. I don't know what's going on. I just How is that possible? So suddenly they don't have the news, what, two weeks later? Guys, there's something very, very wrong with this whole thing. That's what I've been feeling the entire time. But I, I also very much stress skepticism. And I'll give you one point next. But there's all sorts of grifters out there trying to take advantage of people just like this. Happened to see on Facebook there's a meeting here. We couldn't even have our pastor come in and ask us if we need prayer in the very beginning. But Oprah could come in. Who is she? Who is she? Yeah, they good said, question. Oh, she knows the governor. We didn't need her in there in Bowen High. Get her out. Right. So, oh, oh she, she's powerful. She's got connections. How is that a proper answer? So you're restricting their freedoms and their property and their territory, but Oprah can just swing on in because she knows the governor. Yep. Yep. There you go. If you ever wanted a better example of how this country actually works, it's right there. We also don't need people like Kainashiki telling tourists don't come to Maui. Because some of us, thousands of us, work in the hotel industry. They pay our mortgage. They give us our medical. And the medical, Three minutes. besides the county, is pretty good for somebody old like me. So don't go tell tourists don't come Maui because you're not speaking for us, the working people. You're speaking for yourself. Tourists come. We love you. We have aloha. You have gave us money through your donations we're not saying don't come come because you're you will be helping us the lower people the, the grains of sand of maui is what we are we're not the ones living up why up in lania poku not one of those houses burned puamana is still there hmm. lahaina shores is still there Everything beyond the Civic Center is there, but the homes where we were working, where we were scraping, where we had less than $1,000 a month to pay for our basic needs of gas and food. We busted our ass, and this is what we get. Nobody called us. Our phones didn't work from 5 in the morning. The fire was not 10 o'clock. Okay, how do you explain that? Right? What the Hawaiian Electric just said, that's not supposed to be true. That's what they were supposed to have had up until the point when they turned it off, but they claimed otherwise. But yet, she's telling you right there, they didn't work from 5 in the morning the entire day, long before what they tell you was the anomalous fire after the fact, or when they turned, they de-energized the lines. So how to explain that? We busted our ass, and this is what we get Nobody called us. Our phones didn't work from 5 in the morning. The fire was not 10 o'clock when I went to work. The fire was still there. There was no water. Tell me so, if that's not coincidence. So 10 o'clock she went to work and the fire was still there? What fire? Didn't they just tell us that there was a small fire that got put out by the power lines, but the bigger fire started after 3 o'clock? Like, these things don't line up, guys. No water, no warning. And everybody talking about the satellite city before the fire. 
Lahaina gonna be the first satellite city. Well, hey, Jeff Bezos, you got what you wanted. Oprah, you got what you wanted. And the guy who owns the nut, you got what you wanted. Fuck us all over. That's what happened. Okay. We need help in Lahaina. Who's gonna come now and ask us, can I pray for you, Auntie? Thank you. Can I help you with your paperwork? Because all we got so far was $700, and we don't know who to call or anything. It's culturally insensitive in that zone. Am I here? God. How hard that is. And then she just rushes her off the stage, you know. Ugh. Of Kuholilea in Kahoma in Lahaina. Um, my family has been in Lahaina from time immemorial, as far as I understand, from my ancestry. Um, the original homestead for our family was on Prison Street, and it was a Kuleana track that's still in our family down there. I understand it's burnt down. My grandfather's house, which was in Kilauea, Mauka, is also burnt down that my cousins lived in, and my aunt's house is burnt down in that very same area. Mm. They are all homeless. I think some of them have gotten into hotels, but they're all looking for need you know in that place um my family i'm speaking on behalf of the Mayalua family because as our family from from lahaina we basically want accountability of people who are responsible for this so we have questions in regards to the electric company why they never turned off the power that day and they should be held liable for this people should be held liable for this because this is gross negligence this should be standard operating procedure that that power should have been turned off and people's lives have been lost because of that. Fortunately, in my family, we haven't lost anyone immediately or my, my cousins and things like that, but many other friends have lost their family members. And so we want accountability of people, that electric company, the police. Why did the police block people from coming and exiting? They had lines of people lined on Front Street. We heard testimony from people on top of Facebook that said, and, and things that said that basically the police was blocking the road over there by chart house. We have multiple examples. We have blockades. We've got police test we have testimony from the local blocking multiple locations. It's all easily verifiable at this point. Now he's also contesting. That's the second person now contesting with his own experience that the electricity was not turned off. Right. So now you've got she's claiming that her phone wasn't working from the very beginning. And now we've got two people that argue that the energy was. So it sounds to me if you can. Again, that's why I said in the beginning they could be wrong. They may be mistaken. It's always possible. But the thing is, maybe there was a different maybe some areas were off, some were on, which that's important. Right. Because it would matter if they're telling you it's been turned off and yet some places were still on. It's just the bottom line is I'm still trying to piece together the different narratives from people because we're this is all coming out recently, but it sounds like the stories don't line up. That's the main point of it, right? What they're saying does not line up with what Hawaiian Electric is saying, and what Hawaiian, Hawaiian Electric is saying doesn't line up with what the government is saying. It's very and that all screams that there's something bigger going on here. Now, I'll leave this for you guys to watch. You should watch the thing. There's a lot of important stuff in there. Shout out to Matt Holton. Because nobody seems to want to give people credit for their work these days. And he's the one that put that together that seems to be, everyone seems to be using. It's got a lot of views. So good on you for putting that together. I did actually find the website that it was from. But again, I wasn't even able to locate where the video was. So I just used his video. I, I always like to find the core point, though, the where it comes from for you guys. But this, this is what I'm using for the day. So make sure you watch this. There's important stuff on there. Now, here's a good example. This is the woman you just saw. He's saying Maui residents are now publicly blaming Oprah for the directed energy weapon attacks. 
God, man, what is wrong with you people? Is that what she said? Do you realize how hard this is for people like that? Do you realize what she's going through? And she's talking about you, Stu. She's talking about what your people are doing and the government, taking advantage of what people are dealing with to push what you think happened. Like, I mean, you could argue that's what you think happened, but that's not what she said. It takes a, a lot of gall to put words in her mouth when she's struggling through that kind of problem. And it's a plenty of a lot of people out there doing the same thing right now, taking advantage of people like this. It makes me sad. The reality, though, that we should be asking questions. We should be wondering what happened. And I will. Next, next segment, I'll go over some of the things that I think it lead to the possibility that you might have seen something like that used. But the idea that we can go forward pretending like we know that, first of all, so far as to put words in her mouth, makes me disgusted. I'm just going to be very real about that. And I very rarely kind of go that, but I'll, that makes me mad. Now, here is somebody on the ground trying to find out what's going on for you. I just appreciate his work because he really has been. I'm not saying I know him or know that he's always honest, but I, from what I've seen, he's doing good work. And he really is kind of breaking this down for people. And here's one of the first things that I've seen so far. And I'm not saying I've seen everything. I'm sure I miss things. But this is the first example I've seen that stands out to me as another actual factual point that indicates that there might have been something else used, like impossibly directed at you weapon. Now, we talked about this already. Actually, I, didn't, I should have grabbed those uh, episodes we did. I'll grab There's them right now. Here. <laughs> so, by the way, since it's opened, isn't it strange? for some reason on my YouTube videos, the ads, I never see them, ever. It's always just the, uh, the black screen and talking. <laughs> like, cool. YouTube is glitching out on me in a really positive way, finally. But let's get the... Where were they? Here, I'll just do this. The two, the very, the both uh, episodes we did on this exact topic. Were these weapons used? Let's look at the evidence. I'm just going to do that one. I, I'll, I'll include this link too then. But so this was the first one we went over on this. First, actually, I did on this very topic. Now, what I was able to find out very early, as you guys remember, was that there is an, an important location there. But that's where I left this because. You know, aside from people like we talked about sharing lens flares and transformers exploding and, you know, fake videos of lasers and all sorts of things that are not actually what we're talking about. And that's in no way to suggest that directed energy weapons are fake because they're not. They've admitted them like we're going to show you here. But there's an obvious example of you know, things that are being abused to sell, to get clicks and likes and video shares and so on. But the point here is that there is a location there. So when I first found that, I said, dang it, how can I, how do I, I have to report that because that's very interesting. That's why I said, and this was on August 12th, what everyone is missing is that there is an Air Force Research Laboratory called the Directed Energy Directorate on Maui. And here's the guy who works there, who's, I guess, recently retiring, who, of his own words, says directly, we delivered the first United States Air Force's first ever, delivered the United States Air Force first ever operational directed energy weapons. And he goes on to talk about multiple things, including Raytheon high laser weapons, but also specifically the tactical high-powered operational responder, the Thor system, which I, somebody sent me something that I found very important. But first of all, the point was, we shouldn't dismiss this. As I said many times, it's very important. This is real, first of all. That's one thing. Secondly, is it possible this could have been involved? Maybe utilized after an organic fire? Maybe to cause it? Maybe to, you know, also maybe they tested and it went awry. Like, I'm not saying I, I know or believe any of those things, but I'm saying those are all possible. And it's funny that people are afraid to ask those questions. Here's the actual location. You can see Maui 
and then also New Mexico, which we pointed out. There's two of them. Now, on that note, let me sure I didn't miss it. Oh, yeah, well, I'm glad I didn't go past that. This was the reason I wanted to talk about this again. So let me play this video from him where he found an anomaly. And I guess there's more than one of them where you're going to find, and you have the main kind of fire area. Now, just the melted aluminum, steel, the way the cars look, a lot of this aligns with me like I've seen in the other kind of fires that seem like they don't make much sense. And other firemen have said similar things about how it's unlikely that the fire would be that hot to burn things like that, especially if it's, I mean, there's a lot of different points to it, but then it's, it's uh, unlikely, at the very least, highly unlikely. But then he finds locations like this where there are individual cars seemingly with no fire burn anywhere else that was so hot to melt the car in the middle of an area that wasn't surrounded by fire. I don't know how you make sense of that. Now, not, I'm not saying there's not an explanation. Maybe there is. Tell me. If it makes sense, I'll, I'll agree. But the point is that it's also one of another point that suggests that maybe there was something else utilized. Here's the video. Hey, aloha, guys. Eric West here, HawaiiRealEstate.org, coming to you live from... And to check out his website, support him, because right now you're going to find this video all over the social media with no link to his work and no way to support him, because that's how dishonest people are today. Um, Lahaina Luna neighborhood, Maui, Hawaii. Citizens, impromptu reporter, wasn't planning on doing this, uh, but this is what we're doing, and I'm thankful to have a Starlink from David Crawford, and we're here reporting on what I believe is potentially a smoking gun of sorts we just don't know what it is but i'm going to show you the scenario of this car and what's surrounding it and how temperatures could reach this level creating this amount of melting of aluminum i'm here with donovan he is a i believe a, a hero of sorts aloha donovan because he was, he's the one that brought it to my attention that we have these these very strange occurrences we just shot down on the highway i don't know if it was actually live but um, we have it all recorded, so we're going to post it. We're, we're at another one of these locations. So this is well above the burn zone, essentially, in a neighborhood known as Lahaina Luna. I'm going to show you around real quick so you can see the scenario and then judge for yourself. And again, if you enjoy content like this, I encourage you to please like the channel, subscribe, and share the video so you can get the truth of what's going on here at Maui. So where I'm at right now, just to orientate you, you can see the lights for the football stadium right there at Lahaina Luna. So we're right below... Lahaina Luna High School in the neighborhood that did not, I repeat, did not burn. You can see all these houses are standing around here, unburned. How did, see, I mean, just right there. How, how did the fire melt these cars with nothing else burned around it? I don't even understand how that's physically possible. There's no burn here, okay? So to me, this is like something out of a, out of a space movie. Yeah, because you have this small nuts? field right with some grass yeah, that is burned, that right? You can yeah. see where the grass burned. But then you have these two vehicles <laughs> sitting so in here like that have melted oh, yeah, it's aluminum. aluminum. So, Donovan, if you want to just take us through this car real quick and show us. I know you know a few things about cars. You can point out some things that, that require a very high temperature. By the way, we just talked to the neighbor who was talking to an investigator in, in uh, Lahaina Town yesterday, and he said the investigator told him the temperatures reached in excess of 3,000 degrees. So yeah. tell us what you got. Well, we already showed you the, the overlap to the average, like, wood-burning fire. That's just, that doesn't make sense. It's just like it didn't in the California discussion. Yeah, Donovan. Well, we have about 300 degrees for aluminum. And this aluminum. 300? 1,300. 1,300, okay, thank you. 1,300, well, 12, 1,220, but if you round it up, because it was not only melted, it was liquefied to the point where it, 
it, it became a, a, river, a river of aluminum going down the dirt hill. So this is the aluminum rim. So and by the way, that does confirm that based on this guy's expert testimony, if you know he you know take it for what you will, that's aluminum. We were asking that in the very beginning, right? When I was questioning, you know, whether the, you have the steel frame of the car, which is not melted, but then everyone was saying melted steel, which is always how this step goes. Maybe question everything, due diligence, guys. But that it's actually aluminum, which makes sense. But it still does not make uh, um, explain the temperature anomaly or the fact that these things melted in the middle of a field where there's no burning. Obviously, there's the tire, what's left of it, the steel threads or steel and, steel belts. And maybe combination gas tank if the gas tank's aluminum. Okay, okay. Um, so you have liquefied aluminum running down the side of a grass fire. The caliper, caliper melted, unless they stole it, but it, it looks like the bolts are still there. So that, and then you get the belt, the steel belts of the tire which is just a bunch of a wire mesh laying there. And you have the windows that were melted, the back window. If you look at the big old, like, almost like... The glass is just melted. Yeah, it was ripping. This is uh, almost what you would see if you put a car in an incinerator. <clears throat> right, so that's the other point to make there. Even if there was... Like, let's just say somehow the fire got to this exact location. How are you going to pretend that the fire... With just the car, with nothing else around it, would burn so hot that it would melt these things so the glass would be dripping. That's a sustained level of heat. I just don't understand how a fire could do that with this situation. But this is not surrounded by a bunch of structure fires or anything. Yeah, there's, no, would... there's no fuel. So besides the gas that was in the tank, what's your theory on what could create temperatures of this level in the middle of a field. Anomaly, I think is the word. So this is the second anomaly. That yeah, it's just, it, that's why I stopped. I looked at it, I'm like, okay, house, 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 nothing's burned. And then you have melted steel and glass. And then the only thing that is left is the, the steel, the thick steel frame, and then the steel sheet metal. So I don't know if you guys have figured this out yet, but the media has not been given access to Lahaina Town. Everything is locked up. Matter of fact, this gentleman next door, he was on Front Street yesterday and he was supposed to get access. And then the mayor shut it down because people were taking pictures. So they don't want pictures taken of anything in Lahaina Town because they don't want you to see this, this would be my guess. Because the more that you take a look at this, and especially in this scenario, if there was a car like this in the middle of Lahaina, you might think to yourself, well, okay, it was in the middle of this major burn. There's an animal that died here or something. I'm smelling a... That, 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 that must like, be a cat that was under there. That smells like a dead something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that is so sad. Maybe. That is so sad. That's someone's dog. Oh. So now we have another vehicle right next to it. Talk to me about this one, Don. Yeah, what are you seeing? It's symmetrical with the other one. Yes. Pretty much identical. I mean, the heat is just tremendous, tremendous heat. Melting glass, melting metal, incinerating the tires to the point of, you know, the only thing you see is the, the steel belts, which actually fall apart like spaghetti noodles when you, when you touch it. Feel free to watch the rest of it. So that's about half the video. It's generally, you know, just kind of talking about the overall point of it. But here, just so we remember, first of all, this is a Lockheed Martin video. 
from five years ago talking about the Athena laser weapon system, which Fox talked about. So what you're what you're talking about here is directed energy weapon technology. That is, you can't see it. So all the people showing you fake laser pictures or rocket launches that are pretend, you know, that cut out that only show the stream of the rocket that went up in the air and say, look, a laser or transformers exploding in Chile and pretending like the lens flare is the direct weapon. There's a lot of that nonsense going around. Now, look, feel free to question it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I can prove to you based on what we understand about this with patents and technology developments. And I I believe it's very clear. You can see this, that the weapon, the way it's developed today, it's invisible. You can't see what they're using. And here's just an example of how they're shooting down drones. Yeah, just bottom line. But there's also there's a Fox video about it. But the bottom line is, guys, just so you know, it's very real. And it's obviously something that could have been used. And it would justify or explain, at the very least, why this would look the way it is. Doesn't mean that proves it, but that would make sense if you're trying to look for an explanation. But here's where it gets really interesting. Somebody sent me this from the new Atlas from May 28th, 2023. Now, there's two things to make sure we understand here. First of all, for all those people screaming that the Thor, you know, discussion of this weapon, for, it's just fake or whatever. And, it's not, and it should have been very clear based on their open discussion of that system and how it's a weapon. But this is interesting. So it's this Thor microwave weapon hammers drone swarms in demo test. Air Force Research Laboratory, the Air Force Research Laboratory, has countered the emerging threat of drone swarms using the Tactical High-Powered Operational Responder, or THOR, to take out multiple targets. As the ongoing conflict in Ukraine has painfully demonstrated, drones are becoming a mainstay in modern warfare, not just for reconnaissance or isolated missile attacks, but as offensive weapons, which could also be using directed energy technology. Worse, the shadow of the horizon day, uh, what wasn't the point? Anyway, the bottom line is just ultimately they're telling you this is a real thing, which we should have already known if you have done looked at the shows we've already put out. But then also, in this, in this case, they're talking about the base in New Mexico. So remember, there's two of them. That's what we were showing you from day one. There's the New Mexico base, and then there's the Maui base, both of which work on the same stuff as, well, at least according to the expert himself, that made it very clear that in specific, the Maui location has developed weapon systems and laser programs. The Maui space, the, they, this is the surveillance location, but according to testimony and even from uh, Grace, who went even further and found the exact working projects on Maui are indeed involving directed energy weapon technology. And this statement itself seems to suggest that this was on in-house in this location and built. Bottom line is we know that these things are real and that they're working and they're, these these Directed energy directorates are the same thing. There's one in New Mexico and there's one in Maui. So they're just simply telling you that these things are weapons, that they can be used. They can shoot things out of the air. Not, not that we need to prove that to you guys. You guys are all aware of this. But just because this has been something that was shut down and disregarded. So if we know that's possible, we have to consider that as a possibility when you have things that look like the way those do. So consider these things is all I'm saying. Ask questions because I believe that that card unless there's another explanation, is another indicative point that there could have been something like this used. And every time I see that, I'm like, I, I don't, the, for, because of things like this, I don't want, these stories are frustrating for me. Now look, just, just taking this as an example, it's certainly possible that this story about blue things being left, maybe, who knows, maybe they question everything, maybe there's something to it. But what I can see right now <clears throat> is a story about a technology that can be used to, all to, to adjust so it doesn't affect certain things, 
and the video on TikTok being abused and misrepresented by everybody across this topic to pretend that it only happens with blue things. That's not the way that he, that's not even the technology they were pointing at. As far as I understand it, it's something that can be altered to affect or not affect certain things. And that in this case, it just happened to be that blue thing they were showing you on that video. Now, if I'm wrong, please tell me. But I looked into this and that's what I found. The bottom line is that you're now seeing this story out of control about blue things left and it's all. And then, of course, they go, oh, one of these typical accounts going, oh, my gosh, look at this old video of Operation Blue Roof. It's all batting up and it all makes sense. Well, maybe or maybe you're just finding anything that says the word blue and going, oh, now it even connects further. And, you know, ask the question, guys. But unless you can prove it, putting stuff like this out and feel free, free speech, you're allowed to. But it's irresponsible, in my opinion, especially when you're dealing with people suffering right now. And as Christy points out, hey, this is not new. It's been going on for years. This is what they do after hurricanes. After any kind of disaster, that's what it looks like. It's been going on a long time. And it's because these tarps are easy to use because it's the first and easiest thing to cover up leaks and distra- destruction. Or maybe it's because, I, I, what, you're now protecting those houses based on the idea that it was somehow not affected? I mean, this doesn't make sense. The point is it just becomes a very easy and fun thing for people to go, oh, it's a conspiracy we like to talk about. Fine, enjoy that. But don't conflate that with actual news reporting and information that's actually proving things. Look, I'm cons- I'll consider this all day long. I've looked into it already. And if there becomes something that makes me go, oh, that actually seems like a viable thing, I'll report it to you. But right now, it's complete conjecture based on a hypothetical and a video from TikTok, like a lot of other things we see. But a lot of these kind of people will spread these things and share them without any due diligence because it's fun, because it gets reach and shares and so on. But as far as I can tell, the idea, like my point before, guys, Oh, the blue umbrellas are left for the blue shirts that are in the middle of a fire. But the point is, okay, so the laser is not supposed to affect them. That's the narrative for those that don't know, that apparently blue things aren't affected by directed energy weapons. I don't even know where that, that just, there's no, that's that's another, other than that video, I don't see anything to back that up. But then what about the fire then that clearly went forward? There, you can see videos of the fire all over the place. So you're telling me the fire then because of the way it started doesn't affect blue things? Come on. The point is, guys, it's just kind of another narrative that's circulating. Consider it all you want. You should consider everything. But recognize that there's nothing to verify that point at this point. As far as I can tell, and if I'm wrong, please send it to me. I'm happy to talk about it. Here's another example of that. This went around, and every, this is, you know, one of these stories that, like, this is very reminiscent of what we heard from QAnon. Helicopter crashes and Marines and all that. Remember that stuff? All of it completely false. Epstein Sheet put this out. Incredible Marines engaging FEMA. Battle supposedly over FEMA, digging mass graves to hide the true body count. That's all. It's maybe I considered it because I looked into it. We should, I, I don't spend anything, guys, no matter how crazy it sounds, because that's how we should all be. But I also don't blindly follow this stuff. Now, the point is, if you trace this back, as far as I can tell, it's not real. It all stems back, as far as I can tell, to this random site, Marines Neutralized Fleeing FEMA, which I remember this site putting other stuff out in the past that is shockingly false. 211,000 views. But of course, if you go to their About Us page, you'll find something very interesting that says this website contains humor, parody, and satire, which doesn't make it very clear anywhere else. But maybe you could argue, but that one's not. They joke sometimes, but that's a real story. Well, I can show you 100 examples of this site putting out things that are wildly unverifiable, if not outright false. So who knows? If you find something that makes that turn out to be real, I'd love to hear about it because it's a pretty crazy story. But as far as I can tell, there's nothing to back it up yet. Now, bringing this over into the COVID-19 discussion, which based on time, I'm going to go ahead and say this is probably the last segment we're going to do. And this part about the 
COVID-19 development and the masks to end it all. I'm going to probably get into the next episode. We'll see, though. This part is the most important for me. Turning your body into a drug factory or a weapons factory, however you want to look at it, or both. This is that clip that we played at the beginning. I'll play it again for those that didn't see it. Uh, This is Michaela Peterson speaking with Dr. Adele Kahn, in particular about stem cells. And it's a very interesting revelation that they don't accept anything from people that are vaccinated. I'm telling you guys, it's like that in every one of these fields at, at some level, because they're not, they're aware, but they don't want to say that because they'll be canceled. They'll be suppressed and censored and lose their job, even though they all also agree. It's, it's like a narrative control to the situation. But all of the science and all of the everything you can prove right now shows you that these things are present. The spike proteins are continuing to be made, that they're in your blood, that vaccine sequences end up in your blood over a month later. And everything else in your body, as we have multiple autopsies, peer-reviewed studies that find mRNA in every single organ in your body. And that's the instructions to make the spike protein. So there's also spike protein. Or the lipid nanoparticles that carry all of it are found all throughout your body. Each one of them are dangerous. All right. They all know this because you can prove it. So why don't we, why are we not allowing it publicly? Very important. So this was, let me see, this was, uh, you know, I'm just going to play the clip again. I played in the beginning, but uh, you watch the full video. There's a lot of important stuff. We do a lot of strict uh, testing and um, just criteria and stuff on who can donate. Um, like with the umbilical cord stem cells, for example, uh, like the products that we use, our company um, is I, I, the Dr. Ian White's company. It, we we don't um, we actually don't accept um, if they've been vaccinated right now. We still don't accept uh, like the donors. Whoa! Is there a reason that you don't take from vaccinated people? There is some research suggesting that you can trigger what's called a spike protein in the stem cells. Um, and that spike protein may trigger oh. other sort of immune response in the body and cause inflammation and potentially make things like cause things to get worse. Um, it, it, there's some data on it, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent clear, uh, but given that there might be a potential risk, we are only taking at least our products um, are just from unvaccinated women and um, donors. Mm, very interesting. Important clip to watch, by the way. But that's, I mean, that, this, that, you know, I'm going to obviously bring this up again, as I constantly do until the Red Cross finally changes their policy, that they know this, right? This is where, same thing, and it's still their policy. I check every time I point this out. September 13th, 2022, we don't label blood products as containing vaccinated or unvaccinated blood because they still claim that it does not enter your bloodstream. Think about how willfully ignorant. Think about how dangerous and irresponsible that is. Everybody knows that's not true. I mean, it's, it's, it's very clear. Every main, every gigantic study on this topic now shows you that. Here's one of the many. Yet another peer-reviewed study I continue to recirculate around the internet finds that you are wrong, Red Cross. How is it that we know this, and yet you still stand by this statement? You are putting people in danger. Right there. SARS-CoV-2 spike mRNA sequences circulate the blood up to 28 days after your injection. They're giving people that, and we have two examples of babies dying after blood transfusions when they were forced, forced to take the blood supply instead of people that run vaccinated willing to donate. Think about how gross that is. So think about this in the context that they know, guys, there is an inside circulation of information. They're choosing not to take it. And who's dealing with stem cells today? <laughs> Definitely not the poor people, right? What they're getting into in this clip is important because they're talking about the idea that stem cells 
like actually here's one other well I'll just, I'll just tell you they're basically saying that they're at a point now where stem cells if you get the right kind can be universally used that's really alarming to me because that means we're going to start to see people children adults lie alike in certain circumstances in the black market harvested for those cells to benefit wealthy people now you much as you may revolt re- recoil from that it's any other market organs Anything, guys. That's how this works. And it always is a reality around the world. There's a market for this stuff somewhere. So now that they're talking about stem cell kind of action and using this to make you healthier, make you better, well, that's going to happen if not already happening. So this brings us into this conversation, right, about, well, first of all, if you know that the spike protein is that dangerous and they're going out of their way to avoid it, well, let's not forget that that spike protein is shedding. It's not up for debate. It's been admitted to. We know that this is shedding, and I'll include this one. So we know, that, and this, this is the point that makes this all the more clear. First of all, this is in, in one of the many outlets that I grabbed that said this, but you'll find this a lot of the, look up this general title. mRNA tech, technology pioneer, Dr. Luigi Warren, says on Twitter, this was in 2021, I believe. Yeah. That COVID-19 vaccinated people shed spike protein. Now, Twitter deleted him when he said that because they're narrative managers. That's all they do. And then, of course, when they realized how dumb they were for censoring the guy who knows more about mRNA than literally anybody in the world, they went, oops, and they brought him back. But here's what he said. I believe the shedding idea is that the vaccinated shed spike protein, not virus. And it's certainly true that people vaccinated with mRNA vaccines do shed spike protein. But he says, but in minuscule amounts that almost certainly can't cause disease. Now, this is because he was operating on the, the, uh, the information that it only made one and it stopped. But we know that's not true. Here's a peer-reviewed study from 2022 that tells you that it is the sustained synthesis of the spike protein, which now is accepted. We know it doesn't make one. It's continued to show. That's why it's in your blood 28 days later. And then, of course, since we bring it up, we have the Salk Institute and the peer-reviewed study they're citing here. It finds very clearly that the spike protein by itself was enough to cause disease. So if we know it can shed and we know the spike protein can cause illness, which means you have symptoms and then you can spread it again, what is that if not some form of self-spreading something? Self-spreading vaccine? Bioweapon? Think about it. I mean, that's, it's not the same as a virus spreading and catching somebody else because it's just the protein of what this is. That's assuming that these things are real at all, right? The, the, the possibility that we're completely misinformed about viruses in general is not something anybody should be dismissing. But what's interesting about this, and so we, we, you can call it a spike protein, you can call it a piece of bacteria, you know, whatever makes this make sense in whatever narrative you believe out there. The point is we are seeing something like this happen based on the research that I can tell. So if this is spreading, continuing to be made, and can shed, well, what are we talking about, right? I mean, I've been saying this from the very beginning. This sounds like a cell-spreading vaccine con. Well, here, Jimmy Dore and, and Pasta just talked about this, which, by the way, if you weren't tuning in to begin, in about an hour, I'm going to be on their show talking about all sorts of other things. So well, I'm, not, I'm not even sure we're going to get into, which I, I love that. That's my favorite. I, every time I, somebody offers me an interview, I'm like, ah, whatever. You, just surprise me. I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. But let's play that video again, since this is an important topic. This is not something that should be dismissed, right? This is a very real discussion. Self-spreading vaccines are something that have been around. The dual-use technology from insect allies long before even the COVID illusion have been there. This is a symposium from, I use that word all the time, who knows what they called it themselves, a meeting, a, a gathering, a symposium of, in 2020 of, I mean, everybody important in Europe talking about whether or not this should go forward. So you need to ask yourself, 
maybe it did. Maybe this was just lip service to something that was already being used. I mean, that's what we're watching. Tell me this is not exactly what that, what we just described. Tell me that's not what this looks like. Since the outbreak of COVID-19, the word virus has been dominating media headlines as well as our daily lives. Did you know that one approach that has been proposed to control virally transmitted diseases is by releasing a virally transmitted vaccine? Unlike traditional vaccines, infectious vaccines do not require any individual consent. Infectious solutions they, are only right individual consent. What, what is that but a spike protein? Right now, of course, they always use that as kind of a synonymous image for the virus. But isn't that exactly what we're talking? It is. This is quite literally what we're talking about. All right. Do people get it or get a vaccine or whatever you want to talk about? And then that spreads. Then they can. What they're saying is, you know, get get immunity. But that's not what's even remotely happening. First of all, people are getting sick. I mean, it's pretty interesting, right? So the question is whether this is what is happening or whether this was already what was the plan from the very beginning. Infectious solutions are also being developed for food and agriculture. Oh, good. <laughs> Let's spread it all around the world. Well, we've talked about that quite a bit here. This is where uh, Jamie Dore was talking about the Pfizer warp speed injections spread through contact, which I'm glad. Thank God this is getting more reach, guys. That's the point is that people need to see this information. And this is where they post that video. Thank you for spreading it around. Here's the recent shows, Omicron, the self-spreading vaccine, right? My point in this discussion was to show you that Omicron, once that started, and that came from Botswana and the diplomats that we aren't allowed to know who they are, like something right there was done, in my opinion. And it might have been the introduction of this exact point, maybe with the intention to help the people that were suffering from their vaccines, and that's not what they meant, or maybe something else. I don't know. But it's important to understand this story. Make sure you watch these episodes because they're they go deep on the stuff. Now here, oh, and this, this is just a, a Spiro post about DARPA and the Pentagon. Cell-spreading animal vaccines could combat human pandemics. And I post a couple other episodes down here. Don't shed on me. But here's where we take it to the next level. Now, look, self-spreading vaccines are something that have been worked on, studied, and in my opinion, have been executed more than once. I mean, it's, it's, it's peer-reviewed information. You can look it up for yourself. Just because we don't are told by CNN and Fox News, that's a crazy dumb story. Like, nobody should buy that anymore. And it's just like I said, people saying trust the science. You should see for what they are. Guys, anybody that uses the term conspiracy theory as a pejorative is not worth your time. These people are infant-minded people. Like, I can't believe they can tie their own shoes. If you're literally going to conspiracy theory, like, that's just willfully stupid. And I'm not saying it's not, maybe it, maybe it is a, a false story, but to just reflexively dismiss something because you were told it was conspiracy theory is the epitome of stupidity. It, and it's everywhere. But so that being said, so we just, the, the valid reality of that, here's something that's happening now. This is from 2021, but it, this is what is building into today. Targeted delivery of mRNA with one component, I, I, uh, ion is, uh, how would you say that? Ionizable. <laughs> the point is, this is about a one component delivery of mRNA, right? And you'll see where I'm going with this. This leads into some current stuff that we're going to get into that's terrifying to me. But down, what's interesting is you skip past this title in general. The full information down is, is this is what we're getting to targeted and equally distributed delivery of mRNA to organs. And this, this is the interesting part about this. Now, this. Oh, and then first of all, I'll include these for you guys to check out as well. The overlap to what this, I believe, is really aligning with. This is the title is the Charles Lieber connection from nanotechnology to COVID-19 to technocracy. 
right? So overlapping the possible virus spike protein conversation with Charles Lieber's original work, virus-sized transistors from 2011, where they succeeded in making a robot, for lack of a better word, that was the size of a virus. Think about that when they show you the next big clunky microchip they want to put in your arm. They're way past that. The size of a virus. And the point he says here is he was amazed to find out that, well, when a man-made structure is as small as a virus or bacteria, well, it behaves like biology. So as I point out every time, could that not literally be COVID-19? How would we know? And for those saying viruses don't exist, well, there you go. It's a robot. Right? I mean, it it's, it's, seems to fit all the angles. But the bottom line is this is dangerous. And this is the, or, the kind of the, one of the earlier points that ties in with what Elon Musk is doing. Right. This is the same kind of discussion of helping Parkinson's people, you know, people with prosthetic arms and people to see again. But it's also the concept of using the nano wire with a fatty lipid layer, the lipid nanoparticle conversation to make this all work. So all of this is all stemming in the same direction. Now, this overlaps with kind of the I mean, there's a lot of angles you could take a virus sized transistor. But then we also have the Charles Langer. Or excuse me. I always do that. Bob Langer overlap. This is the article, Bob Langer, the coronavirus common denominator ties to Charles Lieber, right? He is the co-founder of Moderna, who is the creator of the actual patent on the, or rather the original, well, you know, I don't to get into that old, that mire. There's a whole other conversation to get into the patents in regard to, you know, Acutus and, and Moderna and Pfizer and all the rest of the companies, but realize this ties back directly to Bob Langer's research and Charles Lieber. And yet he's oddly silent on who's using what and who's allowed to use it. But the point is, it's biosurveillance, right? There's all these different invasive discussions about what this stuff is really about. And now all the research they're working on today is, is openly talking about that. Implantables and biosurveillance and, and biometric readings from internal medicine. And as we're getting to, the creation of your own body creating drugs or alternatively things that could hurt you or other people based on all of this, the shedding and all the stuff we're talking about. Okay, so bringing that back to the point of the delivery system, that's kind of where we're going with that. Here's what it says here. Messenger RNA, and this is the same conversation, the interplay, lipid structure, protein, corona-specific mRNA delivery to different organs. Now it says messenger RNA can treat genetic disease using protein replacement or genome editing. Well, yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about today. They're using mod RNA, and they are editing your genome. Approaches, but requires a suitable carrier to circumnavigate biological barriers and access the desired cell type with the targeted organ. Lipid nanoparticles are widely used in the clinic for mRNA delivery, yet are limited in their application due to significant hep liver issues, which exactly because of the formation of a protein corona enriched in the uh, certain protein they're discussing there. Right. So first of all, recognizing that there's issues that they don't make sure you understand with the COVID-19 injections. But this is all about creating a situation where you can deliver to specific organs, which you can see that as a potential way to help people or a way to target and specifically hurt people in very specific ways that are impossible to discover. Now, this is all going in a very clear direction. So follow along. The point is, on top of that, with self-spreading conversations, with the spike protein, with the issue of potentially using these things in a weaponized way, we already have them being used for animals. You guys already know this, but I wanted to include that point. Yes, it's already happening. Yes, it's getting worse. mRNA injections for animals are already, they've already been going on for, since, as far as I could tell, 2018, for pigs in particular, but have now broadened out animals, dogs, cows. And as far as some doctors tell me, they're already being used on dogs and they, don't, they just never told anybody. Well, let's not forget, with all of that included, that yes, we have the proof that 
people like Ralph Barrick, who worked with the U.S. government, worked with Fauci, worked with Equal Alliance, worked with all of these people, were working on coronavirus-induced myocarditis in the 90s, taking what we're, they claim we're dealing with and having it make cause myocarditis. Again, one of the most ridiculously on-the-nose points in this whole conversation. Like, literally, let's make a weapon that causes using coronavirus that causes myocarditis. It's like, isn't that what we're seeing today? Possibly. But then we also have to realize they then took the next step, and they did work on myocarditis-inducing virus, and then worked to aerosolize it. All of the documents, the receipts are in this. You can look at it for yourself. They went to the caves in China and literally created a self-spreading vaccine. It's in the documentation. So is that not what we're dealing with here? Now, Destiny and I just talked about a very important discussion, as well as our first interview, by the way, that gets into the military overlap. It's entitled, A 2019 CIA Epidemic Plan Outlines Near Exactly What Happened in 2020. So this is an NQTEL CIA document that is talking about a plan for an epidemic that outlines, and I mean near exactly what happened. The idea of the way the health situation worked out, the hospital situation, everything. So that's important to understand because this is another clue to the fact that this is very clearly, in my opinion, a military direct department of defense operation. So this brings us to another very important point before the crux of this last point, which is a document that I believe we've shown you before or a study from uh, 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 Sky on, uh, how do you say that again? Skyonvision.pub.com. COVID-19 and illegal U.S. bioweapons activity and insider's revelations. Okay, so this you take this for what you will, 2022, because this is somebody's opinion, but it's somebody from in the inside. Now, here's what it says, just the abstract. Millions, if not billions of people now believe that the world is under a bioweapons attack. A lot of blame has been placed on the U.S. funding of bioweapons. Dr. Fauci, director of the U.S. and NIH, has come under severe criticism for funding the infamous gain-of-function research. Many believe Fauci has not acted alone or, or even on his own accord. The author worked as a fellow at the NIH from 1988 to 1991, the person who's reporting this. So he came from within their groups. Starting soon after Fauci became the head of NIH or NIAID, whatever they want to say, the author witnessed firsthand infiltration of NIAID and NIH by Israel's Mossad. Which, guys, as much as people are almost trained to pretend like that's not possible, it's very very easy to prove. Israel's government is immersed in just about everything going on in this country. It's the most obvious thing to prove. So the idea that Mossad would be invested in the medical discussions, it's obvious. On top of the fact that we've already covered things like the, the wastewater discussions or the testing situations or the 911 call centers. They I mean, it's just incredible how much Israel's government is immersed, overlapped with our own security and emergency systems. But realize that what, what Mossad and Israel's government did with South Africa was work on bioweapons, in particular ethnic-focused weapons. It's a very open secret. So then when you realize that maybe after that ended, this ended up coming to the shores of the United States. While working at NIAID, or NIH, one or more co-workers expressed the need, get this, to preempt the next Jewish holocaust. So what that means is gain of function, research, right? Working on trying to make the dangerous things so you can then protect yourself from it. Some kind of Holocaust weapon directed at the Jewish people. Well, isn't that interesting seeing how we just literally were talking about the, the, the study and a very real study showing you that the specifically Ashkenazi Jews were the least affected by what was going on with COVID. Now, yes, that got blown out of proportion. Well, of course, because... 
people were talking about ridiculous concepts. Fake news that he's anti-Semitic. <laughs> well, Derek broke this down very clearly and the truth within RFK Jr. statements about ethnically targeted weapons. <clears throat> but I also had my tweet about this that made this very clear because there was a bunch of screeching idiots out there that were saying things that were verifiably false. One of which the, that we can prove was this study that we talked about before RFK ever made those correct statements. All he ever said, by the way, was that, yes, there, there was a study, this study, that found that specifically certain people were, and this was Ashkenazi Jews, and I believe Amish people, which I think he miscited the Amish part of it, but that these people were more affected by COVID. Never said that was something that they designed or that it was by, he just simply said it because it's a fact based on the study, which is what he said. Then goes on to say, China and the U.S. are working towards these things, which are easy to prove, which the reason it got so much hair pulling, hair on fire response because it's real, guys, because it's a very important study. Now, where that fits into you, for you, and whether you think that this is a directed thing or not, that's up for you to decide. I'm not claiming that. I'm saying it's possible. As you can see, while Amish and Ashkenazi Jews populations do not appear to carry this variant, which was the reason people were affected more. Okay. And I just, and the, again, the point was simply that, you know, you can listen to a statement there, the whole thing. <clears throat> now, this point, is if you think that that is, or if you know that that's real, you should then ask yourself, is it possible that Mossad made with you help of the United States or maybe with before that with South Africa's research, a weapon that was specifically focused to affect other people or protect certain people? Obviously, that's possible. Again, I'm not saying that's real or true. I'm saying it's possible that we don't know. And if you can't consider that as a possibility, you're mentally incapable of having any kind of real conversation. While working at NIA, one or more coworkers expressed the need to preempt the Jewish Holocaust. Right, so you can see their influence there. For 30 years since leaving NIH, the author, who is spe- who's the one writing this article, has paid close attention to Mossad's involvement in illegal U.S. bioweapon activity and attempts to disclose his observations. The author hopes to educate the public on the current bioweapon attack with COVID-19 and vaccines. That's his opinion, which I think is valid. The author believes that Mossad intends to kill billions of people. Already 70% of the world's population has received the COVID injection, which in all appearance has the ability to cause deadly non-curable prions disease. Which again, skyandpub.com was one of the first websites to publish that. And it's been vindicated by other peer-reviewed studies. There's an obvious overlap with ADL, with, with Alzheimer's, because of these injections. The author hopes the information provided with, will help those interested in ending this covert war. Now, I'm going to go back to this article at some point. This, this is, this is, I want to go through this more extensively because there's interesting stuff in here. But in a, just a general point, I think it's very clear that this is a possibility at the very least. So this brings us into what Jicky Leaks just shared. And this is really, really interesting. They say, yay for DARPA, yay for Prometheus, My, think minority report, yay for prepare which develops medical countermeasures that uh, 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 podulate a person's genetic code to boost their body's responses to threats. Interesting. Well, let's look at this. So here's the the post they shared. This is from 2021. Leaps.org. Inside scoop. How a DARPA scientist helped usher in a game-changing COVID treatment. Interesting. Amy Jenkins, remember the name, was in her office at DARPA, a research and development agency with the Department of Defense, when she first heard a respiratory illness plaguing the Chinese city of Wuhan. Even though, remember, we have examples of this, whatever we're talking about, 
all over the world before that, but apparently they didn't want to talk about that. Not in the U.S., not in Canada, not in Spain, not in Taiwan, and all the places where that was happening. But early in 2020, still just keeping watch, she was visiting researchers working on DARPA's pandemic prevention platform, P3, we've mentioned before, a project to develop treatments for any known or previously unknown infectious treatment. That's kind of crazy. Right. That's guys. This is not just a connected point. These are these are the building blocks to what they're doing now, including with the injection, by the way. That's all experiment, as far as I can tell. Any known or previously unknown. How would you possibly manufacture that? To have a platform that would protect you from anything in the future. Well, guys, that's what this is right now. That is the platform they're working on. That's the platform they're selling you. Just realize this was already in play before the pretend push because COVID, we need to rapidly push this out. As Fauci said, uh, a large you know, development of technological advancement or whatever he said. Well, no, because that's not what happened. You guys just pushed this on people as you've been building it long before that. <clears throat> and the point is now you're pretending the platform is going to be used to do the same thing. It says... Uh, And the point is they can build a new injection within 60 days. Yep, same thing they're talking about now. We looked at each other and said, should we be doing something? Or rather, let's keep doing what we're already doing. Now it says the pandemic pivot. P3 existed to help with nebulous future outbreaks. Pandemic X, which we keep hearing about. Not this pandemic. That's interesting. Quote, I did not have a crystal ball, she says. But I will say that all of us in the infectious diseases and public health realm knew that the next pandemic was coming. Hmm. How exactly? I mean, really, there's no, there's no differences necessarily today. They can say climate change, but we can prove to you that that's a very nebulous and just kind of broad, undefined argument. So the point is they can't prove, that doesn't define what's going to happen next. They just go, but bad things get worse. That's kind of what the hell they have based on that, because it's not a real argument, really. But ultimately, how could they all know? Because you can go back as long as you want and go, well, there's a big gaps here between previous pandemics. So what changed? How could they know that? It's a very fair question to ask. Three days after a January 2020 meeting, three days after a January 2020 meeting with P3 researchers, COVID-19 appeared in Seattle. Interesting. What else happened in January 2020? The sequence in Moderna, January 11th, that then two days later created the Moderna vaccine and all the rest of them. While facing down that realness, Jenkins also was man- the manager managing other projects, one called PREPARE, all capitals. Groups develop medical countermeasures, that's where we are, that modulate a person's genetic code to boost their body's response to threats. That's gene therapy. Another project now envisions shipping container-sized factories that make thousands of vaccine doses in days. Yeah, that's what they're doing. And then there's Prometheus, which means forethought in Greek, and is the name of a god who stole fire and gave to to humans, wrapping up as COVID ramped up. Prometheus aimed to identify people who are contagious with whatever before they're sick. Medical pre-crime. Everything we're talking about today stems back to this same direct, and then here's the best part, but stems back to the same DARPA DOD projects. Which is the point, really, that this is something they've been building and working on. So you have to ask whether this is all hype to achieve this or whether we were pushed into it for their benefit and nobody else's, which is clearly hurting people. I'm not saying the other older vaccine technology was, was safe. I don't think that. But it was clearly, historically, safer than this, which is not a huge statement. These are outrageously dangerous. But previously, I think they were covering up how bad they were, too. But at the end of the day, 
You could have used the classic technology that people were comfortable with instead of jamming in the thing that nobody wanted and naming it something else so we don't know it's gene therapy and hiding all the things we don't know about and pushing forward based on emergency that we don't need to test it. I mean, everything. It can go on forever with that rant. and put, Everything was based on the idea that this is, we're in so much danger. Oh, but we're not, though. It's less than the flu. You know, over and over and over. But dual-use technologies. <clears throat> That desire, though, it says, and the fact that DARPA is a defense agency present philosophical complications. Bioethics in the national security context turns all the dials up to 10. Yeah, the bioethics that none of you care about. Right, do I need to reference the, cons- the, the uh, compulsory bioethics? There? We'll do it without you knowing because we know better. While developing antibody treatments to stem a pandemic seems straightforwardly good. No, it doesn't. All biological research, especially that backed by military money, requires evaluating potential knock-on applications, even those that might come from outside the entity that did the developing. Of course, it's always the adversary across the world that we can't prove, and that's why you do it next. The point is that what they know what they do leads to bad things happening. That's what that means, like weapons development based on what they're doing. As As Marino, but they're doing that is the point, Put it, Albert Einstein wasn't thinking about how blowing up about blowing up Hiroshima. Well, maybe not at the time, but you guys sure as hell are today, and you know that, and we can prove that. When you make these things, the first thing that comes out of your thought process is how is this going to be used for the military? It's, it's easy to prove. Particularly sensitive are so-called dual-use technologies, which is basically everything they work on. That's gain of function, that's insect allies, that is all of it. That's self-spreading vaccines. Those tools can, could be used for both benign and nefarious purposes are of the interest to both civilian and military worlds. Marino takes Prometheus itself as an example of dual-use technology. Think about somebody warning it wearing a suicide vest. Instead of a suicide vest, make them extremely contagious with something. With something. The flu plus Ebola. Send them someplace, a sensitive environment, we would like to be able to defend against that. You see my point? So one side of it's a positive. They're making weapons, guys. That's what this is all about. Now, whether you believe her or not is up to you. The point is, whether she means it or not, it's still a weapon. DARPA as a whole, Moreno says, is institutionally sensitive to bioethics. <laughs> That's the biggest lie I've ever heard in my life. Well, here. Oh. Did I accidentally highlight all this? Yeah, I think so. I think it was just this part. Now, it says DARPA is always very interested in looking at high-risk reward technologies. Of course they are. That means they're putting you potentially at risk to benefit themselves. Another program that I manage, she says, this is the same person, by the way. This is Jenkins also. Another program she manages is called Prepare, Preemptive Expression of Protective LEs and Response Elements Program. It's a very high-risk, very early-stage R&D effort to develop a whole new modality for fighting infectious diseases. Who who agrees to the high-risk discussion? Because who is it risking? You, guys. It's humanity. (laughs) That's what they're talking about. They're saying that it's for fighting infectious diseases and viruses using newly emerging CRISPR-Cas technology. As they scream, this isn't gene technology, weird how everything stemming from it turns out to be gene technology. These are enzymes that can very specifically cut DNA, and there have been newly discovered versions of this that are enzymes that can very specifically cut RNA. And it says, and could we design it to very specifically cut the RNA of, for example, coronavirus, flu, and essentially shed that virus up, shred it up before it becomes, we become sick. Preemptive everything. Now, here's a, here's a document from DARPA's podcast, apparently, where they're talking about this exact program. Now, it says, it's a combination of the nature of a new contagion, the speed at which a disease outbreak is detected, and public health and medical countermeasures determine just how much 
how fast and how far an initial outbreak will grow. I guess we take their word for it, you know, in all of these things. But it's simply saying that uh, one of these programs is the digest program aims to improve our ability to detect any biological threat known or new to humankind anytime, anywhere. Her prepare program aims to leverage natural pathogen fighting genes and proteins already in our bodies. Here's how Renee explains the difference between outbreaks and epidemics. So the point is you're using things internally. The same clip we play all the time. And this is where it gets most concerning in general. The defense, this is from also 2020 or 2023. The, the DARPA has awarded a project funding worth up to $41 million called NOW. Now, my point is all these different names are all in the same. This is the same stuff. Nucleic acid on demand worldwide. Now, now today, this is 2023, aims to accomplish a rapidly scalable and deployable production process to dramatically increase the speed at which new vaccines, such as, of course, or weapons we're talking about, however you want to look at this, recently approved COVID vaccines and could be deployed in two people in need. DARPA's NOW program managed by Dr. Amy Jenkins. Okay, so all the names aside, she's still doing this stuff and just calling. There's all these different names. You're still working on the same kind of technology. The Biological Technologies Office was created to develop a rapid mobile medical manufacturing platform for producing, formulating, and packaging DNA or RNA-based vaccines and therapeutics for use in stabilization and humanitarian operations and to better prepare deployed field-forward forces against bio-threats. I highly doubt this is, I mean, I could prove to you this could be used in a weaponized way. Now, the point is deployment of vaccines in days versus weeks. That's everything's going that direction. What about safety testing? We don't need it. The platform's safe. No, it's not. GE's por- uh, project called Run Fast, rapid universal nucleic acid using uh, fieldable automated synthesis technology will leverage the expertise of the GE research team led by John Nelson building automated systems in the biological production of medicine and therapies with a novel synthetic method for making DNA and RNA to assemble a complete mobile medical manufacturing platform, having the ability to produce small batches of ready-to-use vaccines in under three days. That's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Now, this goes back to 2022, preparing for the next plague. In 2017... Antibodies as the first responders is titled. In 2017, as the ADEPT program was winding down, a follow-up program was spawned. The Pandemic Prevention Platform, or P3, as the first one we mentioned. This program set up a challenge to produce a protective antibody against a virus within 60 days of receiving a sample. All the way back then. Think Moderna in the beginning. According to P3's program manager, Amy Jenkins, Quote, we envisioned that the likely approach would be a nucleic acid-based antibody that would be similar to vaccines. It would deploy as an RNA-based antibody, which would turn the body into a bioreactor. Hmm. In 2017, and this is what it's all based on, four teams took up the challenge, one of which was AstraZeneca. The groups practiced on various viruses, but then in 2019, halfway through the program, what a coincidence. They were confronted with the real-life challenge of SARS-CoV-2. Crow says that, the, that he and Jenkins contemplated whether they were ready to tackle this, especially as, early on, patient samples were unavailable. But as soon as the U.S. patent was identified in 2020, January, same thing, guys. So Chinese genetic sequence or military genetic sequence, they decided to go for it. The first step, identifying an antibody, we achieved in roughly a week by Ab uh, Sorella, 
followed by Vanderbilt. They described, they said, we screened 6 million B cells to identify 500 unique antibodies that were bound to the spike protein within a week. So we're talking about turning the body into a bioreactor, creating these things from within is what we're talking about. And I think we need to remember in 2020, Whitney did a great article called Coronavirus Gives Us a Dangerous Boost to DARPA's Darkest Agenda. Same thing, same people, same entities. And it all goes back to, I mean, this is 2006, by the way, but even before that, in vivo nano platforms. They're using all of this to create a situation where they can turn your body into the platform. And you can create what they tell you are vaccines. But you could also create things like shedding spike proteins that might be designed to only hurt other people. This is not science fiction. This is real-time information. Wall Street and biotechnology companies have been very excited about this idea. And what essentially it is, is trying to hack the cells in the body in order to make them into drug factories. Yep. And that was before all of this. Right? We talked about this. We've talked about living foundries. This takes a step further. Programming the fundamental metabolic process of the biological system to generate vast numbers of complex molecules that are not otherwise accessible. Like, they're, they're commandeering your body. For your benefit, of course. Right? Broad, broad range of national security objectives. Well, okay, so maybe that would make sense if you thought this was only for military, right? But then when you realize that the military was where this stems from, Jenkins and DARPA going back before COVID-19 with the PP3 platform, and, and it just grew into your injections. And we pretend like they're not the same thing. How do we not know that's already what has been done? In fact, it seems kind of clear based on the outcome that that is what has been done. And they're just trying to shore up the problem, it seems. I don't know, except for you guys to decide. But I do think that, the, as we can see, the next generation neurosurgical nanotech, neurotechnology, all of this is going internal, as Whitney herself coined. Your body is the new battlefield. It's time to stand up. Human bioreactors we just talked about. This is very concerning to me. Lastly, I'll include this article or the show we put up in 2021. Government documents from 2002 reveal a 20-year plan to alter evolution with nanotechnology. You guys remember this. We talked about it. The documents are down here. Weird how that puts us right about now. Hmm. Wonder where they are. Well, we will come back to this, guys. We'll be circling back to a bunch of this stuff, COVID stuff information in general, kind of going back to some of these older articles showing you how far ahead of this we were in general. Dr. Bakhti, way ahead of the story. COVID vaccine blood clot risk was known, ignored, buried, right? Study finds specific and significant risk of antibody-dependent enhancement from COVID vaccines, 2021. Here's Israel saying more than 99% of COVID victims had pre-existing conditions. And mainstream media tells you, well, if you don't take your vaccines, these things will go on for seven years. All sorts of very weird stuff. Masks that we know don't work. In fact, we'll get into all of that in the next show. But thank you for tuning in today, guys. It's just it's ne- it's just never ending. There's so much information. Now, I'm going to be jumping over in about 20 minutes to join uh, Pasta and Jimmy on Jimmy Dore Show. So make sure you come over and check it out. Just thank you for continuing to support what we're doing. Because we definitely need your support, guys. I've had an amazing shower of support this month. And I just, I really appreciate, I, I can't even express to you how much how proud it makes me that we're you know that we can come out and say hey guys we're we need your support and then we just get this overwhelming show of support i mean it just that's why we exist we we're, we're only here because of you we right? i mean even the discussing things of advertising we didn't what didn't even happen right but people were afraid to invest because we might be gone tomorrow which i completely get and and yet you guys stepped up and supported us at a time when everybody's struggling 
Like I just, I, I don't want to be too, I, it makes me almost emotional when I think about this off the camera, how much you guys have put forward so this platform exists. It may, I'm just, I can't express how proud I am of that. And we're going to keep going, guys, because we believe in you just like you believe in us. So thank you for being here. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.